3: Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on pwtorchdailycast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern.
4: Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast features long form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com.
1: pw torch and spreaker bring you the wade keller pro wrestling podcast it's time for wade's interview with one of pro wrestling's newsmakers
6: Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, published weekly since 1987. And also host of the PW Torch Livecast, the last four and a half he- years here at pwtorchlivecast.com. It is Friday, June 20th, 2014, and Friday means it's Interview Friday. And I am very pleased to welcome one of our favorite guests here on the show since we started doing the Interview Friday format a few years back. And that is Sean Waltman, known also as X-Pac, Lightning Kid, 123 Kid, and uh, Six. Uh, Sean, welcome back to the live cast.
2: What's up,
7: Wayne? You know you have to loosen up the tie, the tie now when I come on the show, right?
6: <laughs> well, we we are PG-rated, so keep <laughs> that in mind. Uh, no, but, no, yeah, I do, I do. But the formalities, yeah, we're just, it's always, uh, it's always great, we got tons of, I just opened up the inbox, we got tons of emails from people wanting to ask you questions too, some of them I haven't gone through yet, so you are, I'm not kidding, you are a popular guest on this show, and we uh, always miss when uh, too much time goes by um, between uh, appearances, and, and so much going on in wrestling, so much going on um, in WWE and outside of it, but first things first, Sean, What's keeping you busy these days? You're you're not on national television, but I, honestly in, in I don't
8: know I don't how many years it's be. been <laughs> since you've been this busy.
7: You're not kidding, man. Yeah. I I got I I got hurt um the other night doing a red carpet rumble out there in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's kinda of like a Royal Rumble style match. It was uh, Jake Jake the Snake was there. He did a hell of a job. Uh the, uh, the grappler Len Denton was there. Oh wow. Um Willie Mack won it. And uh he beat, he he eliminated me and I took a, a really high backdrop over the top and landed on my good knee and hyperextended the hell out of it. I thought I was like I was like laying there going, Oh, I'd done I'm huh? by, I'm uh, like this one did it and like I it's luckily it's not the case, but oh, um I don't even know why um why I veered off onto that course. Oh yeah, because 'cause I'm so damn busy, man. Yeah. Uh I don't honestly I'm I'm i busier than I was when I was working full time,
8: yeah. like
7: for events sometimes.
6: And you got what coming up tonight this weekend?
7: Oh yeah, this weekend is um, I'm trying to. I'll tell you, it's it's in Providence, Rhode Island. We did it last year. It's like a a Comic Con, Toy Fair type of uh type of a um, convention, and it's fun.
2: It's yeah.
7: fun. Uh, Scott's coming in right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, Gilbert from Clutch City Productions, um, who's bring who's bring who's brought Scott and I, and he brings Cab. You know, he does does some Wolfpack reunion stuff with us, uh, and he's picking Scott up from the airport right now and bringing him here. So I'll see him. I'll see him here shortly.
8: Very cool. But, um, Very
7: cool. Yeah, man. And I'm just wrestling, and 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 you know I, you know when I when I tore my booty, um. Uh, that was the last time I think you probably saw me um, and I, I was a little bit overweight at the time you know uh, and that's you know my guts completely gone now because I've been so active so I'm in I'm in really uh, probably the some of the best shape I've been in, in a long time too um, so I a overall man I feel just fantastic man I got a good girl I moved up to uh, Philadelphia, so I'm a lot more centrally located now, Wade. um as far as I can go it reminds me of the Florida territory where you you go you go do your show in your home every night it's uh It's really nice, man
6: that sounds fantastic god. that kind of acclaim and name recognition and being in demand without being on national t v speaks a lot to you know the impression that you made and and the reputation that you have at this point in your uh, career and where it's taking you. Do you think uh, wh- where do you put the indie scene right now um, in terms of its its health? You've been part of it off and on your entire career. Um, wh- where do you think the indie scene ranks right now?
7: Not too bad right now. The ones, the guys, the, the the ones that go out there and do a good job promoting, um, um, I, I think are, are experiencing you know experiencing some. Uh, you know, some decent level of of success, Um, especially on the East Coast. I mean, I'm, you know, most shows I do have have a thousand people at least, you know, Um, uh, I teamed with Cody, with Scott's son. Scott was on the floor and, you know, we worked with uh, Alpha Jr. and and Lloyd, uh, they're like the, I can't remember what they called it, Samoan, just something, sons of, sons of Samoa. Mm
8: -hmm. Sorry,
7: fellas. But, uh, (laughs) You know, there that place there's like fifteen hundred, two thousand people in there. You know, I mean it's just uh it's it, I think it's good. You know, how, um at least the ones that I've been on.
6: How how was indie wrestling and dealing with indie promoters and the indie crowd different than it was five ten and heck going back twenty five years for you?
7: Well right? I think, I think uh Well yeah. Um you know, you it, you you have you remember a few years back, it was that whole you effed up, you left up. If every yeah. if somebody like screwed a spot up or something, people I,
6: listen to the show. I think how much people I rally are pretty
7: that. much. I think pretty people are pretty much over that now. There's not a whole. There's you know the fans. Even if they like a heel, they might cheer, them, but they'll boo during the match. Like they're they, they're they're giving with the program a lot more now. You know they're not trying to be the. You know they're not trying to. You know, hey, look at me! You know how we're cool. Yeah. We're gonna cheer cheer the heels. I mean, you still get that element, but yeah. it's a lot smaller now. Like the true the true wrestling fans, the ones that re- are really smart, smart marks, as they like to call.
8: <laughs> yep. You know,
7: and not you know, I'll say the M word because I'm one too. Um, uh, you know, they get they they want the show to be good, so they go along with it. They're part they're part of they're they're extras. They're extras in the film, so they're gonna they're gonna want the film to be good, right?
6: Well, exactly, and I I've even said that like when Dolph Ziggler was getting cheered by fans who are like you know this was you know year year and a half two years ago, and I'm like when you cheer Dolph Ziggler when he's a heel, you're telling management he sucks at his job. The 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 fun you should be having <laughs> if if you really like somebody and they're doing a good job in their character, if his character is a heel, you are doing that wrestler a huge favor by. Booing them, yeah, yeah not not true. not chanting. You know, uh, you know, this is awesome. While they're trying to get heel heat, cause that's 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 a heel failing.
7: Now, if if you know, if there's people that just insist that that's what they like to do, and you know, there are promotions that cater to that, and that's good. That's all fine and dandy too. You know, to each their own. There's you know there's boutique promotions that that you know cater to different little niches right. you
2: know, wrestling
7: wrestling industry you know industry yep. so it's all good it's like Chikara yeah you know I mean hell that's that's come some pretty out there stuff sometimes man but,
6: but I think the key the key that you say is the crowd is kind of, you're noticing crowds that come around to saying you know what we're gonna just get into the show and and act like Fans of the story that's being told in the ring, instead of doing the, hey, look at me, I'm smarter than everybody, and I'm going to try to dictate the direction of the show. And part of that, Sean, I blame on WWE, and, you know, it still stands out, John Cena, standing in the ring going, we're here to entertain you. We're here to entertain you. I hope we entertained you. Um, And it's like, I don't remember the crusher ever standing in the ring when I was, you know, when he was was in the top babyface, WWE saying hey i hope i entertained you what crusher did is he said i'm here to kick the ass of the heel and you're here to cheer me yeah. doing it and it went yeah. without say
7: right no no yeah. you, that's like you can say that at the hall of fame ceremony or right at, you know yeah. uh you know uh mainstream media interview or something along those lines not from you know uh from start to finish of the of the show Nothing in, in between yep. the start and the, and the finish of the show. Uh, yep. From the time they go on there to the time they go out there, nothing should break that, you know. Uh, Suspension in, and of, disbelief and the narrative. Exactly. Yep. yep. Exactly.
6: You and I are in sync on that. I want to note that the PW Torch livecast is brought to you Pro Wrestling Torch.
7: Every day
3: we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol. Protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
9: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.
6: Uh, Sean, why don't we dive into uh, the phone uh, the phone calls here and, and see what uh, some of our callers have to say before I uh, dive into email and, and hit on it. Yeah, of sure, man. Let's, yeah, uh, absolutely. Excellent. Let's begin with uh, area code, let's see, 732. I believe this is VIP member Scott calling. Uh, Scott, confirm it to you and tell us what city you're calling from.
1: Hey, um, I'm in Jamesburg, New Jersey. Hey, Sean, and hey, Wade, how are you today? Doing good. Great, man. Great.
7: Thanks for calling, man.
1: I've enjoyed your career back since the days of Global and reading Wade Write about you in the torch about how great your work was, I've enjoyed you ever since. Pardon me, sir? Um, I'm cool. I have enjoyed watching you since you were days in global wrestling in the early nineties.
7: Oh wow, man. You've been good. Yeah. You're putting some age on yourself there.
1: And us. Hell yeah, definitely. And I remember Wade writing in the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter about how wonderful your matches were back in like early ninety one and stuff. I say somewhere yeah, ninety one maybe. But
7: yeah, that really it? uh you know, that, that that really helped me a lot, uh, as far as getting the word out there. Uh back at a time when there was no internet uh and instant access to information like there is now. So I mean, uh that was that was like instrumental and and uh me getting the breaks that I got. So that's uh, that's that's why Wade can talk me into coming on here for uh, an hour and a half or two or three hours uh,
8: <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday
7: night. <laughs> yeah,
1: really. <laughs> so, uh, cool. Besides well, the you, fact you, you that, I that I enjoy doing it, Can my question before? I have a, do have a question. Yeah. Uh, Sean, yeah I cool. just wonder what it was like in the summer of uh, – in the summer of 96, as you're waiting to go to WCW, watching the NWO explode. And it, just, it must have been amazing the anticipation you felt as you were heading in and heading into the hottest angle, I think, maybe in the history of the business. And I just wonder what your experience was like, and I just would like to hear how it was, and I appreciate everything. And, Wade, thanks again for all your hard work.
6: Thank you, Scott. Appreciate your membership uh, very, very much.
7: Well, I can, I can remember very vividly, um, just, okay. You know, like I'll start with going from, you know, being an independent wrestler, uh, to all of a sudden, you know, doing the one, two, three kid angle and being on, you know, TV around the world and, uh, what that was like, um, which was kind of a lot to take in, you know, at such a young age that, uh, Then, you know, um, once I saw the NWO thing, uh, you know, I actually i was supposed to be the first one to go except for my contract rolled over. But um, once I became part of that, my life changed so much. I mean, if I couldn't go somewhere before, once that happened, I could not go anywhere without being mobbed. And I remember telling Hulk one time, oh, my God, I can't go anywhere. And then, like, I looked at him, and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm telling this to Hulk. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he's looking at me, and he's trying not to be... You know, he's such a nice guy. Like, you don't want to, you know, look at me like, he's trying to tell me, you know what I mean? But, uh, but I just I vividly remember that. And then, um, man, honestly... Nothing compared for me personally to the DX stuff. Once we started getting that rocking and rolling, and with, with uh, you know with Steve with Steve Austin at the helm, um, and then the, and then rock getting you know uh, getting so hot, it was just it was amazing, man. It was absolutely amazing. That's why I don't need to be on TV. That's why I don't need. uh to be on TV anywhere, people still like. I mean, people's kids, Wade. Yeah. I got like kids. How the hell do they know who I am? They're, you know, they're watching the WWE Network. They're, their, their parents are, are you know, passing that on to them, man, and it's so cool. It's so damn cool. So, um, I'm finished with my rant. You can talk now. No, no, that's great. That's that's,
6: that's great. <laughs> I was gonna ask Paul, but let, let's go. Let's go to uh, uh, another call here and uh, keep keep the phone calls rolling. If I can get the, uh, the switchboard to cooperate here, let's go next to Air Code, uh, 270. Two seven zero, two seven zero. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Yes, your honor. Uh, John Waltman. Awesome. Uh, please turn down your uh, radio. 270. Two, oh. Or background noise. Turn off. Turn down can your you crying baby. <laughs> Are you there? Two seven zero. Oh? All right, we'll go back to two seven zero. Oh. It sounds like he's got his hands full babysitting. Sounds uh, like
7: hey, I can relate, you know, I mean I I um I'm a father. I I, I know what that's like. Hopefully yeah. I can hopefully can get that taken care of and uh we can go back to him.
6: Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely go back to him. So uh let's go next to uh four one five. Uh four one five, please state your name and where you're calling from.
5: Hi, my name's Jade. I'm calling from San Francisco, California. Um, I actually just tweeted Sean not too long ago thanking him for everything that he's, you know, done in his career and how he's... Is the
7: last part of your Twitter account S O A? Yep,
5: First Lady S O A.
7: Yeah, yeah, thank you. No, I mean, really, thank you. It's, 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 I mean, the pleasure's all mine, really. Thanks.
5: You're welcome. I missed you in San Diego and, uh, Julie... Says hi. Um, she
7: was there. <laughs> yeah, you. I had um, breakfast. Well, I was late, but I still made it eventually. <laughs> I had yeah. breakfast with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah that was great. Sorry you missed San Diego. It was, a, it was a really good time out there. Um, Wade, we had it. Uh, it was basically three days at this uh, Harris Resort in Southern California. You know, there was tons of guys. Like, you know, I saw Flair there. You know, I think Goldberg was there. A bunch of guys. And then uh, Tommy had a house of hardcore show,
8: yeah. And
7: um, I teamed with I teamed with Rikishi, and he even got me to dance That's to awesome. crying out loud.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
7: anyway, sorry. Do you have a question?
5: Yeah. So my question for uh, for you is, um, you you were a part of two of some of the major factions within wrestling, and um, you know I, I'm on Twitter a lot and. I don't know if the generation of today truly understands the point of faction, um, but today, what would you say it would take to create a strong faction in the WWE like we had with, you know, um, DX, we had with Four Horsemen? Because, you know, I don't know, for me personally, it's kind of lacking.
7: And Here's what it takes. Like the-, the first, the first and most important thing is a, a depth, a depth of talent on your roster, <clears throat> because um, it was hard. It was like pulling teeth to get Vince to let us do anything as a faction. Like, you know, uh, like, and we would use uh, the Four Horsemen as exam, as example. You know, when we would lobby at Vince, and when we, you know. And he just did not want to put all that money into one act. You know, and, um, you know, he was looking at it like, and just like he didn't want to put, like, his two headline guys, turn him into a tag team uh, because, like, you know, he wanted to spread out the, you know, spread out the talent, do up a card and, and that. But
1: uh, um,
7: uh, that was also a, a big part of that was because we, we didn't have a depth of, uh, talent that the people really, uh, that, that, um, had emotional, that had emotional equity with the people, basically. Right. So that's what's going to take. You got to have, you know, like it's, 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 uh, it was really cool to see the shield get over because they were basically unknowns and they came in, you know, they're not a faction. They're a trio. Um, right. You know, I mean, I don't want to split hairs here. You know what constitutes a faction and what doesn't, but uh, you know, um, it was great to see those guys get over. They got over on, um, you know, basically hard work.
6: Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. This show, the podcasts, have our blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows have our red logo. Just search Wade Keller and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and click subscribe to the red logo and you can download our post-RAW and post-SmackDown shows. I'm joined by a co-host to add a different perspective to the analysis for the show where we talk to live callers on-site correspondents who are in the building who tell us what did not air on TV, and we also answer mailbag questions. Those shows are available for download just a few hours after Raw SmackDown and every Monday and Tuesday night, so there's a fast turnaround to get your fix with analysis of WWE's flagship shows. So check it out. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller. You can also stream the show live at wadekellerpostshow.com. About five minutes after Raw and SmackDown air. And coming this fall, we'll have an all elite wrestling post show, so stay tuned for that.
10: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
6: Hello. Is it is it Jade? Is that your name? I'm trying to center in. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you consider the yes. Shield a faction, or do you think that, that they don't count? I'm kind of curious. Well,
5: I've been a fan of wrestling for over 20 years, uh, been able to, as a little kid, go to the Cow Palace. So, for yeah. me, like um, Sean said, I, they're a trio to me. You know, okay. A faction, you know, I have my own ideals of a faction, and I'm pretty sure the millions of wrestling fans also have their different opinions.
8: So, no, hey, Yeah, no, I was no,
6: just wondering, no. wondering if, if you consider the Shield a faction and didn't consider them a good faction, or you just think a faction has to be like four or more guys? Because I, I was just kind of curious, because I people make Rick turn, Flair had a good
7: know? Rick flair Rick flair says there's a difference between a faction uh and a stable like general Skandar yeah. Akbar had a stable yeah. it was all separate individual guys that he managed, and they might team together or whatever, but they all were still individual. see like we were a faction- we hung together you know we we did everything together, you know. We we partying together. We went to the gym together. You know, I mean, it was, I, you know, you know what I mean.
8: Yeah. And
7: that that came from Ric Flair when I was watching, um, you know, one of the legends of wrestling episodes, and it made and it made all the sense in the world. Um, you know, but people are going. Some people are going. Well, it's it's uh it's it's four or more people. Uh, well, I, you know, when they had the top ten greatest factions. The freebirds were on there, and there's there were most of the time really only three of them, except for you know um, I guess Jimmy Garvin. Uh, so I guess maybe that makes four. Yeah,
8: you know.
6: Yeah. But, uh, I like that. I like that distinct uh, that uh, distinguishing between a faction and a stable. You know, because yeah, it, to, yeah, to me a stable is like a manager who hires different guys. You know the Bobby Heenan family too. You know, was right. more of a stable faction. Is yeah, there's a group of of uh, not necessarily equals, but a group of near equals who are all choosing to be together. They're not just hired as individuals to be part of sure. underneath uh, a manager. So yeah, I, I like that distinction.
7: Exactly. Yeah, and there exactly. might be a there might be a leader, but you know, there, it's not like a, you know the, the guys were in you know four stripe like in a general you know. Uh, uniform. It's just it's like kind of just unspoken. The people really kind of decide those type of things when it comes to actions.
6: I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Jade, uh, anything else before we go?
7: Thank you, Jade.
5: Um, you're welcome. Uh, now, that's it.
6: Great. Appreciate it. Thanks, don't Jade. Take
5: up too much time, so. You
6: bet. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Yep. like to remind people that if you are... Uh, Uh, new to the PW Torch livecast at we are raw and other big TV events Um, so anyway so many reasons to go VIP check out full details and pricing at pwtorch.com slash go VIP let's go back to the phone lines now and uh, let's bring up area code 415 415 thanks for holding please state your name and where you're calling from 415 you're on live
7: 415 that baby must still be crying
6: All right. going once (laughs) going twice 415 is
7: 415.
6: Yeah. Our phone number is, by the way, 646-721-9828. That's 646-721-9828. You can find our show at pwtorchlivecast.com, and that also includes the phone number and uh, uh, the RSS feeds if you want to subscribe to us on iTunes or on your phone. We'll move to the next caller on hold. We'll try 319 next. 319, please state your name and where you're calling from. All right. This is Andrew from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Andrew, thanks for calling. What do we got for Sean today?
3: All right, you know that's the home. Of the NWA pay-per-view. <laughs> um,
7: oh, that's right, know, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. How are you doing today? Good, man. Yeah. Good. It was hard for me that to that hear one... you at first, Terry. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> I apologize. Is that on? Is that on my end?
7: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. It's, uh, I'm the one hard hearing from all the years of uh, uh, all but pyrotechnics. But
6: cheer. No, all the cheers. All the
7: py <laughs> the pyrotechnics uh and not plugging my ears like everybody else did. Yeah. But What's up man.
8: I've been
3: to like many re- I've been into like many wrestling events and it's like, you know, on like on T V it doesn't sound as loud but when you're there in person it's like kaboom. But um yeah. My question is um um a few years ago I listened to a shooting interview with Justin Credible and he said that you told him that Triple H told you that the Montreal screw job was a work. Is that is there any truth? No.
7: Behind that? Absolutely not. He did not say that.
6: PJ just tweeted that he's listening to the I, show, so um if he wants to call in and correct I have, I have, correct us.
8: Well no I, like um Barra if I um, I I
7: that was my theory. That was my theory. See uh, Hunter 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 kept you know, this is why like I would trust Hunter with a secret uh, uh over anybody because he kept it he kept it hush and and denied denied it, uh even after I told him Sean said something to me about it. Like Sean, I was in the ring with Sean one time just uh, messing around before the before the uh TV one time and somehow the subject came up and and uh um you know, he he told me they were in. You know, that you know uh, that they were all in on it. But as far as it being a work, like, um, I mean, no, that was my theory. That was my like conspiracy theory because I know Brett so well, and I know like like he's uh, you know uh, he's sharp. I, I and I even asked Brett. Like when I, because I, Brett and I are friends, yeah. and I told him the I said, "Brett, man, it's hard for me to believe you didn't see that coming a mile away, especially when they asked you uh, how had you put your, you know, put you in your own damn uh, finish, you know, a, a submission finish."
8: Yeah.
7: You know, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah I Well, I was. He, he I'm said, "I'm going to give you Brett's answer." He said, "Yeah, he goes, but uh, Earl." Earl swore to me, he promised me, and so like, but to me, I like I was like, man, what if like the work was on everybody else, and Vince and Brett were the, really the ones in on it, and and uh, you know the <laughs> other guys were, you know, because really it would have been a great way to, uh, like you know, to leave the company a martyr and and a great yeah. and a good way of getting out of doing a job, and all the all the. Uh, the attention that I get, you know, that it garnered, that was huge. I
6: always, I, I always thought that because I always thought Brett always made, you know, a real big stink out of it, and I get the sense of betrayal. You know, hey, we've been in business this long, how could you do it to me? But the thing that I never understood about why Brett was upset is everybody knew Brett didn't lose. He lost the title without losing to Shawn Michaels because right. nobody bought the finish. So I never understood why Brett was upset because it was the best out he could have. He lost the title. <laughs> Without losing to Shawn Michaels, because nobody believed it, that he actually lost. It it is almost the perfect scenario for Bret. I think to it's depart, the greatest finish
7: of all time. I think it's the greatest double double right. of all time. Lucky Land
0: Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
10: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office
3: Yeah. All right, and I got a follow up question on it. We're gonna yeah, I'm just gonna say that it was all not a work, but I do believe it's not a work. But if Sean never got hurt, Owen never died, and Goldberg never ended his career, do you think after his two years in WCW he'd come back?
8: Hell
7: yes. He said he never wanted to go there in the first place. Yeah. The son of it, he told me he always told me. Always I don't ever want to go anywhere else. I want to. I want to end my career here, and I want my legacy to be a as a WWF guy, you know. And he was very, very, very concerned about that and that legacy. it, hurt, it. It hurt him a lot to lead
6: there. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was tough financial times for Vince McMahon, and and yeah. uh, there was a big money contract waiting for Brett. But yeah, Brett said numerous times in his book and elsewhere when he walked through those into that first WCW event, it just felt, he he just knew that would never feel like home to him.
7: It didn't to me either.
6: Yeah.
7: It didn't and, to me either, but I'm used to, you, man. it's great talking to you too, man. Great Thanks, talking Sanders. to you. Thank you.
6: Appreciate it. Uh, PJ, uh, Just Incredible did just post on Twitter. I don't think X-Pac told me it was a work. It was just my cynical belief. So he just wanted <laughs> to clarify that. On,
7: right. Well, PJ's a smart guy. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't think I'm the only one. I don't, I, I don't think I'm necessarily the only one that thought of that. I just think I'm yeah. the only one that was like willing to actually ask Brett and, you know, you know, question it publicly. Maybe.
6: Do, do you think Shawn Michaels would would, would be? Uh, one. Do you think Shawn Michaels shares your opinion that there's a possibility Brett and Vince pulled off the best double double of all time?
7: Um. Never talked to him about it.
6: Okay. Okay.
7: Never talk to him about it, to be honest with you.
6: Yep, yep. Interesting. All right, well, let's go to our next caller. We've got VIP member Larry from Atlanta on hold. Uh, Larry, just confirm this is you, and go ahead with Sean.
4: Hey, cool. Thanks, Wade. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, you know, always good to talk to you both, um, you know, and, and just get to ask a couple questions on the live cast. Um, for, for Sean, um, you know, obviously you mentioned how, um, you know, Wade was really important in boosting your career kind of um, – in the when when you were wrestling in, in Minnesota and kind of getting your start i i guess i wanted to know um you know among sort of the reputable um newsletters you know like the torch and the observer and that kind of thing i'm kind of wondering what your perspective is on like how much do you do you feel at least in your experience um you know, especially like in the nineties. How much do you feel is accurate that shows up in the torch? And I know Wade that you, you take care to be as accurate as possible, so No, not at all. Not like I I just I just want Yeah, I just not. want a good issue.
6: I don't care if it's accurate.
8: <laughs> well I yeah, wade that kind of stuff. Wait,
7: just I'm following talking. the mainstream media. <laughs>
6: All right. For the record <laughs> I'm kidding. For the record <laughs> I'm so, yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah, So to, so to, I'm sorry. So to kinda of like tie it up there. Um Sean, what what do you think are sort of the things that um you know, uh good newsletters, you know, like like Wade's and, and like uh, uh The Observer and stuff like that, what kind of details do you feel often maybe aren't accurate, not out of malice or anything, but because maybe, you know, you're getting maybe a second-hand or, you know, uh, third-hand account of, of stuff that was going on in the business. Like, did you read stuff about yourself and go, like, that's not even what happened, or, you know, how did that get
1: out there? When
7: Usually not- when it came to me, no, because I was the one telling them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm sure. <laughs> just, just to be honest, you know, um, uh, but i here's the here's the thing it was i i felt like from considering i i from my vantage point and i had a hell of a vantage point uh um it was about as accurate as you could get uh considering some uh sources are going to you know uh you know say things sometimes to advance uh you know their agenda and you know um, you know, some every now and again, you know, you'll to somebody you'll be full full crap.
6: That, and that's you know? the good thing about doing this as long as I have and easing my way into it, starting it at age sixteen and not having it initially be based on inside information as the core of it. Um, it it it's as I grew into it and, and added more behind the scenes info, I learned who to trust and who not to because if I got info that was right. bad and and published it, I I would hear from somebody within you know that week saying, wait, I don't know where you got that, but I don't like to see crap in the newsletter. You've got to run a correction on this. And I'd run a correction, and I, would, and I would confront that source. It's so quick and easy to weed out people giving you bad info because there's so many people who don't uh, let bad info stay out there. And it's, I've had to run very few corrections over the years on stuff, but yeah. I would also, and obviously this is the main way to weed through it, is if somebody gives me info, over the past 26 and a half years, I've done this, and I am at all suspicious of it. I you
7: I will go like to a three confirmation. Other people.
6: Exactly. And granted, there are times where just somebody I trust implicitly. There's not an agenda-based item. They're just answering a question I asked them about something, and you don't get a second source on something when there's just a track record and it's just a certain piece of info. Like, hey, was that guy backstage this week, or was he out sick? I don't need to confirm. You know, if I trust who's telling me, I don't need to double check that. But right. on on controversial stuff, if it's anything that that is at all going to ruffle feathers or or you know be this big shocking portrayal of something behind the scenes, you always go for that second source and always get backup info and and you learn quickly. And that's where you know the torch stands the test of time when you look at the back issues and you're reading the newswire and then all of a sudden you have somebody on the, sh- the live cast and they tell the same story that I reported 15 years ago. And and you know the, the, some details I have that they don't, or vice versa. But it's 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 nice, Sean. After all these years, to have the newsletter stand the test of time, and to have the way things were portrayed be backed up by books that are being written on record by wrestlers and in interviews and shoot takes.
7: Uh, yeah. And, and, do you, do you and
6: mind the, if I? Add? Oh, good. Go, go ahead, Sean, and then we'll go back oh, to you, Larry. What were you going to say, Sean?
7: The, this is the thing, my friends and uh, and uh, management. They they knew uh, that I that I talked to uh, Wade, um, they but the thing is there's a lot of things I didn't tell
8: Wade. Right.
7: You know that if 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 it was like you know if something wasn't you know you know what should stay in the car and what shouldn't. And there's, and there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things Wade could have scooped every single other publication. There is, and he didn't because uh, uh, he didn't uh, he didn't want uh, to blow my to you know to hurt hurt me you know didn't want to hurt me and um, and he sat on some information several times
8: that other well, people and, reported it
6: and I, I know no, there there are times I'd call you up and t- and say is this true and you I, I can hear you laughing right now going oh you heard that huh like. You know, like, there, there were times you would have never told me stuff that I reported, and you were like, how did you hear that? You know what?
8: Right.
6: I, I, I wasn't going to tell you that. Um, yeah. And granted, I sort of took that as confirmation at that point, but you, there are things you would never volunteer to me that I would hear otherwise. And, and you know, Absolutely. more often than not, that's how it was happening, because I know you – I didn't want to put our friendship in your, your comfort. I didn't want to take right. you out of your comfort zone because I knew what it was, and you were you were good about – if I if I had heard something else and just needed to know if it was trustworthy, you helped me stay accurate. But yeah, you're sure, right. You were very protective of your one. friends. Yeah,
7: and I'm not the only one. Oh hey, no way. Yeah, there's a ton of guys in that locker room. Yeah, tons of guys. <laughs> um, and big stars too. Let me tell you. So, uh, you know, it, it behooves us to 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 co- you know, to to give the like, I want the I want the truth to be out there. I want to, especially if it's coming from the torch or the observer or something that people actually, you know, they have cred, they have credibility. So, you know, tons of credibility. So, so, um, you know, I want what's, what's written about me to be true. And because that's like the, that's what we have, uh, as our written, written history of our industry, you know, when we go back. When we look back at the industry, these publications are going to be what we're going to look to, kind of like the newspapers, you know, to go back and look at history.
6: Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
10: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
8: Go ahead. Yeah, so
4: quick follow up on that, and 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 sorry for taking up so much time, Wade. But um, thanks. Of course. No um, what, what is it? Uh, on, now kind of more on the, and I don't know, Sean, like how much you get to sort of have. Free time to, like, check out, say, like, Torch audio content, like the Bruce Mitchell audio or anything like Not that. Much. But, you know, when you hear, like, yeah, so, but, you know, like, when, when you can hear some of that stuff or, you know, stuff like this live cast where callers are talking and, and you get Wade's response and stuff like that, how much do you agree as far as, like, Wade's editorial Point of view, or maybe like Bruce Mitchell, when they kind of go like, oh, "Okay, I think I understand how Triple H is thinking about say Daniel Bryant, or you know it could be anything less contemporary to over the years, but just like do you feel like they have the right you know the right point of view on how they're thinking on on handling uh, a lot of the internal yeah.
8: you know stuff that goes on
7: um, okay, um, a lot of times there is no right or wrong you know when it when it comes to a lot of things. Um, that's what, that's why we're talking about editorial. Um, uh, I, as far as whether I agree or disagree, um, every now and again, you know, Wade and I, we, we, we we'll disagree on some things, you know, uh, and, and case in point being how they were using Daniel Bryan several months back, you know, we had, I thought we had one of our bigger disagreements over, over that Wade. Well, um
6: when you say disagreement, John, what you mean is at first you're resistant to agreeing with me, but eventually you do.
7: Yeah, it was I think you would have to agree that everything ended up turning out pretty good for uh Brian or uh, Wade.
6: Ah, uh, no, I don't I don't
8: don't I don't. On, I, don't I don't think. I mean, I don't. not mean
7: now that he got hurt, but up until. Well, I mean, he, he won man, He was in the main event to wrestle, well, yeah. and he won it. And he I came through that. for the people, bro. I'm not talking that. about what's going on now.
6: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, that's fine. I. I don't. I don't think somebody get who. I don't think stripping somebody a uh, lead babyface of a championship. And then uh, having it basically be a 12-minute speech explaining how you were right all along about the guy and how he wasn't able to be a top guy, and then you don't give that lead babyface a chance to address the fans, or 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 you don't even have the lead announcer Michael Cole or whomever like saying this is BS. Kane's the guy who attacked him and hurt his neck, and why doesn't somebody speak truth Brian. to power to Stephanie and Hunter and make the point storyline-wise that Daniel Bryan could hack it if he didn't send Kane after him and he didn't tombstone him three times on she, metal.
7: Right now so you Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just, My
6: point is that stuff's been happening all along, and the only reason things turned out okay for Brian is because CM Punk quit, and Batista, the fans rejected Batista, and they were backed into a corner, and they've been having their nose plugged the whole way. So I, I, just, I don't think the fact that they got backed into a corner and the fans relentlessly stuck behind Brian the whole way, that that makes me any less correct about the fact that they've been looking for any excuse to try to get an escape hatch from feeling forced into pushing a guy that they genuinely don't believe in.
7: Um. Well, some of that we're gonna have to talk about that in private. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh But um, you know, you have me a little bit at a disadvantage here, Wade, because I haven't been able to keep up with the with the product,
8: yeah.
7: uh Like I should and because I've been uh, so busy lately. Um, so you kind of have me at a little. I can't really retort what you just said, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I just know that uh when somebody is in the wrestle- main event at WrestleMania, that means they did pretty damn good yeah uh um, regardless of how it happened you know the peop- yeah. the people got what they wanted um which was which was great it was a great thing yeah. it was a great feel good moment uh, you know I'll, I'll give i to you, I agree Sean. with you though I agree with yeah. you though like you know there's all the Batista thing and you know that not working out but hey um <laughs> You know, everybody would like to think that what they like isn't what everybody else likes, you know? Um, Sometimes, you know, and when you have people, Wade, when you have people that are just telling you what you want to hear, it's kind of hard, to, you know, to know any better, man.
8: Yeah. Like, uh, and
7: and that's what happened. That's what's going on.
8: Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah.
7: I'll say it in public. I already have.
6: Yeah. Well, and I'll give this to you, too. Had well, everybody Brian, wants to lose their
7: job, so they just go. They, don't, they never actually give yeah. their real opinion.
6: No, there's, that's, that's such a problem for so many people in power. I mean, it's just, you know, and part of it is, you know, when you're in a position of power, you've got all this stuff coming at you, you've got all this pressure, and you're just trying to trying to keep the it's ship
8: like
7: moving. A, it's like a politician that's worried about reelection, so they don't do the right thing.
6: Yeah, Yep. But, Larry, I'll, I'll add my two cents, and Sean, you can agree or disagree that. I mean, there's, there's times mm-hmm. where Sean and I are, uh, don't talk for a while and then get on the phone, and it's just we're, re- we're finishing each other's sentences about what we think about what's going on. And this, yeah. is, over the, you know, this is over decades. And then there's times, like you just heard, where you know, either Sean has an advantage over me because he knows something behind the scenes, or I have an advantage over him because my job is to watch all the TV shows every week for 26 years and Sean's isn't. And so sometimes we help each other see things a different way. Oftentimes at the exact same time, you'd be like, Oh, I didn't see that segment. Right. not look at it that way, but here's some information that might have you look at it through a different lens. And then he might say, you know, there's, there's reasons this guy's getting deep pushed, which will come out later. And it turns out, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's clear that he's either going in for surgery, or he's got a massive drug problem, or you know, it comes out later that he was uh, he was drugging girls, drinks and raping them, and and uh, management was just you know heard some rumors and were trying to escape from pushing whatever the story is. Sometimes it helps to have that kind of insight into why things are happening that I don't have the. I advantage think of
7: I going can in. Say, I think I can safely. I can. I, I, I can share this with you. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a legitimate concern that if and this happened this happened with Ray Ray, with with uh, Rey Mysterio yeah. when they put the world title on him uh, the the reaction from the crowd did change um uh, the, uh, a a a portion of the crowd kind of turned on him a little bit because he was no longer the underdog yeah. so there were they, there was a legitimate concern that if they pushed Brian too too much like that that in my backfire and uh, I've seen it happen
4: I'm Rich Van host of the Deep Dive with Rich Van a weekly part of the PW Torch daily cast lineup of shows Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling-related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or any Lad? We got gotcha. you. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com.
6: To, to shift to a new subject, we could talk another half hour about this one. Sure, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a fascinating topic. We'll be talking about it for years. The Daniel Bryan push and and you know the, the everything about it. It's a fascinating topic for the last year, actually. Um, uh, Roman Reigns, Sean. Uh, I, yeah. I know you're you're not seeing a ton. You're not seeing every show and all the product, but um, Roman Reigns, especially, is kind of the chosen one. I, he, I, I I compare him to a number one draft pick in the NBA or yep. NFL. Everybody's looking at him. He's got he, he, he runs the 50 yard dash he runs 100 yard dash. He answers all the, all the all the test questions correctly that you know teams give. He, he's got the highest leap he's got the uh the best grades and the best attitude and all, everything everything you can chart he's He is as sure of a bet as they have doesn't mean he's a sure bet, but he's as sure of a bet as they have. but yeah. you don't know until I said that that red that when light he was is si- on.
7: I, I said that when he was sitting there collecting dust in f c w
6: Wow and so. We're, what What is it about him that brings him above everybody else? And is he just a good option among not many other good options? Or is he one of the best up-and-coming potential top guys you've seen?
7: Um, would I be walking the fence if I said a little of both?
6: No, no. that's I think that's my opinion. Yeah. A little bit of both, yeah.
7: Yeah, a little of both. What we need to see right now, and is without him changing his personality altogether, we need to see him open up a little bit and show some personality, some more personality, like and let it hang and just like let the people in a little bit more, man, you know yeah. uh it's time to start to start doing that though, but um you know you can't just all of a sudden start uh Almost said the F word. Uh you almost uh you you just can't all of a sudden start coming out and slapping hands on the way of
8: the ring. You and, know? And,
6: and I brought him up because you talked about Daniel Bryan and how as soon as he wins a title, some people start and it happens. So, you know, it's like everybody's favorite quarterback is a backup quarterback on their team because he hasn't thrown yeah. an interception yet this year. Um but as soon as he gets in there the scrutiny turns up and I and I get that and then that's there and I could have a whole Conversation about Brian, about that, but you're almost starting to see it with Roman Reigns. Like we get calls on this show where people are like, you know, I, I just I'm worried about Daniel Bryan, or I mean, I'm sorry, I'm worried about Roman Reigns being a chosen one. I'm worried that that he's going to be he the pet, that he's going to be coddled, and that the fans will reject him because they're going to perceive that he's the choice of management. One of the things that made Brian popular was the idea that the fans chose him a year ago when he was having the great hot tags with Kane against the Shield. The crowd was going apeshit for him uh, last summer, and that's what led to the SummerSlam main event. With Roman Reigns, You, the Shield had that groundswell, but you do kind of, it's got to be tough for Hunter and Vince to choose somebody, have word out that he's the chosen one, but have the fans not resent him because he's the corporate choice. He's the new John Cena. That, to me, is one of his biggest challenges.
7: Uh, I agree. I, I think that... Um, uh, they do things that such a, you know, they do things so much faster now. Like it would have been like, uh, say 20 years ago, it would have been a lot more gradual of a turn, like, you know, uh, when it comes, when it comes to Roman, but,
8: uh, yeah.
7: you know, uh, I like it felt a little bit too fast Like I, especially when, when Rollins turned, um, uh, I was like, wow, man that was that was kind of quick, you know it was just it was but then again, I hadn't been really following the show, so maybe it wasn't you know uh if you're watching if you're watching the up ep- the, the weekly episodes, but i think you're i think your each episode should be able to stand on its own as well in case people aren't tuning in every week,
6: right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want fans to feel they missed out on something if they tuned, tuned away, because you want them to watch every week. But, you, you know, that Bruce Mitchell talks about comic books having become so reliant on 20, 30 years of backstory that you can't get into them now and understand anything that's going on or much of anything that's going on, because you would have to catch up on 20, 30 years of back issues.
7: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, getting back to um, to Roman, uh yeah. That like that same exact thing like can be said about whoever the Elahito is. That's chosen one in, in Spanish. But, Thank you. Yep. Um, uh, there is actually a guy called Elahito in Mexico, uh, but um, it's not. There, it's always going to happen. No matter who it is, and no matter how great he is. Well, Once and that's where I. I the,
6: I wonder a little bit about if that's the case, why is that what is being focused on with Daniel Bryan when that's going to happen to anyone? And, and that would be my argument with Daniel Bryan is that people who just, everybody looked at him, not everybody, a lot of people with power looked at Daniel Bryan and said, I don't understand why he's over. This obviously can't last. It must just be fans like to chant yes. I don't see what other people see in him. So all the, all the things that, all the reasons that, are, that we overlook when it came to pushing every other top guy that we were behind, whether it's John Cena or Triple H or Steve Austin or The Rock or Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior when they gave him a mega push, or Sid or Lex Luger or whomever. Was. All the things who, who fit the action figure six-foot-four taller image, we had the same thing applied to all of them. As soon as they get to the top, there's going to be fans who reject them. But with Daniel Bryan, all those things they overlooked for guys who were over six feet tall, they dwelled on and focused on and made it almost, I would argue, a self-fulfilling prophecy in the way that they talked about him and portrayed him and that that's so you know when you say well Roman Reigns the fans might rebel against him because he's the chosen one that's going to happen to anybody including Brian when the chase is over yeah. and he finally wins the belt
7: Yeah yeah exactly which and and that's what happened to to Ray, to to Mysterio uh as well like that's why i yeah. said that because that was the example that was that yeah. was used when 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 i was talking uh to 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 Paul about it you know
8: Yeah yeah.
7: It's interesting. I mean, I don't it's the only thing we have not how, you know, I mean, you know, I just in case he doesn't get the memos, like, I let him know what, like, the people are saying, you yeah. know?
6: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right. I, you know, I, I I went off on attention, didn't ask Larry if he was uh, done or I want to give him a proper goodbye. Larry, do you have anything else Wait, for us or something? you just want to sign up? Or did you want to tell a story
8: right away? Okay. Larry? Okay.
6: I think Larry's moved on to other things, so <laughs> I think he's talking to somebody else. All right, well, yeah. Sean, let's let's uh, let's go. How much time do you got? Another half hour for Sean, or, or give or take? I, I know you're finishing. I will go
7: unless somebody calls me and tells me I need to go somewhere. Right, um, cool. Do us do our thing, man.
6: Good. All right, well then, let's take some more uh, phone calls. If your time was super limited, I'd move to the VIP after show and hit on
7: some but other stuff way, for You ran out members. of questions, for me?
6: No, see now you're starting to sound like Scott. Oh, you're, you're starting to give me a hard time. I got too much going on to deal with that. Uh, how's uh, how's Scott doing, by the way? You you staying in touch and seeing oh, him? Oh, good, good. Yeah, Scott,
7: Did you say how's Scott doing? Mm-hmm, good, uh-huh. man.
6: Yeah, yeah, good. yeah.
7: You know, I mean, you know, uh, there was there was a little bump in the road, I guess. But like when I when when I saw him and when we were together in Pennsylvania, he looked great.
6: Yeah, good. That's good to hear. While the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and PW Torch Daily Casts are all ad-supported free programs, you can make the ads and plugs go away. And wouldn't it be great to listen to this straight through without ads and plugs? You can become a VIP member and unlock access to 30-plus years of archives, of podcasts, retro radio shows, and over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter dating back to the late 1980s, and uh, get our new podcasts every single day ad-free and plug-free, not just the free ones, but the exclusive ones only for VIP members, including about a dozen others per week that I am part of. You can do that by becoming a VIP member. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. It averages $8.25 a month if you choose the one-year option, or you can go month-to-month for $9.99. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
10: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
6: for details. Uh, yeah, I kind of I feel like, you know, somebody somebody had called up this show and said, you know, the worst possible way to try to, you know, deal with what Scott is dealing with. Um, you know, uh, especially the drinking. And, and trying to get over that. The worst like the worst thing that you can deal with I think this was on when Bruce Mitchell was hosting, somebody called up. The worst uh-huh. way to go about it is to have everybody be staring at you, waiting for you to fail or call on you to fail. And you know, I felt bad recovery. Everybody when Scott was already on the-
7: was. Everybody already well, is or was
6: Yeah, that, that's kinda where I'm leading on it, you because know, I felt kinda bad like when Scott was on the show, right after he was announced for the Hall of Fame earlier this year, and you know, I just you know, and I knew his time was really limited on the show and, and, and I you know, I I didn't think I overdid it on the questions, but you know, I, I felt like in the end he was like, Oh God, you know, it's just one more question about, you know, the Hall of Fame, am I going to be drinking? Is everyone gonna be watching me? And it kinda of sunk in, you know, that's that's tough. But like you said, Sean, and I was thinking this when I was listening to the show, since I wasn't hosting it, when the person called up, when people say what's, what's, what Dallas Page did with Scott Hall with all the cameras on him in the house and turning it into a documentary and now doing these shows and, and, and all this public pressure and him speaking so openly about his problems and everyone wishing him well. You know, the idea was this just goes so against the, the book, you know, how you're supposed to be. Well,
7: you're talking about the big, the big book that they yeah. read in uh, AA?
6: Right, and so my, my final thing, yeah. John, before I throw to you on this, because I, I think you'll probably agree with me on this one, but maybe not, is uh, Scott did everything else, everything by the book many times and nothing... Worked. If this was a traditional, by-the-book type situation, you could say, yeah, this is somewhat unconventional, but Sean, has anything worked better other than an untrained in recovery, Diamond Dallas Page, putting Scott Hall in a house and saying, no negative comments, we're going to eat well, There's, we're going to have cameras on to hold you accountable, and maybe tr- do a documentary, if you sign off on it, if you don't, you don't. Um, and we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to put you in a positive environment where you're going to get yourself healthy through exercise and food and positive attitude and being in a safe and comfortable environment. That's completely un- un- not typical, and it went somewhat public. And I think Dallas probably made a mistake in a couple, you know, a couple instances going a little more public with certain aspects of the
8: story.
7: Yeah, but yeah, overall, so, well, go
8: so, ahead, John. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I,
7: that—that's the thing that you know uh, that there's a lot of people out there, you know, uh, that that twelve step program, that those AA meetings, um, they're a lifesaver. They're the only thing keeping them from jail or the greats, yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh the thing is is when you're not scared of dying and you've been to jail a bunch of times, you know, and uh and and that like that's not enough, man. You know? You going to have more to live for. And, yeah. and, uh, and just, you know, all the, all the, all the positive vibes that were coming his way, you know, uh, because of the attention that Dallas brought to it, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, and just being out of that damn house. With all those bad memories, and yeah. I, I, and him isolating, and and all that, and and being around his son again, and just yeah. you know that, you know, there's tons of people out there that uh, get better that way too. You know, like I mean, it's not, you know, that that twelve step just does not work for everybody. It doesn't, man.
6: Uh, in in this process with Scott, do you think that the public focus and people feeling and part of it is when you go on a show and he was on the show uh and you and you're raising you know he and jake have both been on the show and there was the, the fundraising kickstarter aspect to it too um, yeah that and,
7: was why that was when i kind of got behind scott's uh yeah. go-go thing yeah
6: yep and and so when you do that there when you go on and ask for money and scott was very uncomfortable with it but he did it And when you do that, people then start to feel they have a stake in your recovery because you went out and asked for money to help with your recovery. Do you think Scott now, at at the point he's at, you know, post-WrestleMania, post-Hall of Fame, post-walking out there and looking great, I mean, just looking like Razor Ramon again, you know, and being proud of how he looked and and having that, that little gleam in his eye and that confidence when other people spoke way too long to walk out there and know it was his time to get in and out quickly without... Having to give a whole long speech and yeah. make sure he got his time. He was
7: thinking about the pro. He was thinking about the overall yeah. product, you know. And but any anyway, item. So to yeah,
6: is is he? Do you think that he's and that he's quite comfortable with the balance? Uh, you know, the trade offs that come along with everyone publicly looking at him, scrutinizing him, judging every slip up that might happen, or anything like. Is, do you think he is standing today, roughly speaking, feeling pretty good about the choices he's made the last couple of years? and where he is today and that the path he took all in all is the only one that's actually worked in the past couple of decades.
7: Yeah, uh the, the, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to what you just said, Wade. Um here's the thing is there's a there's a, you know the the big thing about, you know, when you have when you're an alcoholic uh that's drug addict and you keep on failing, you know, you keep on falling, you know, uh, and all of that. Yeah. And when you get all these people, like, you know, that whole accountability thing, like there's this huge, huge man. And you multiply that by a thousand. When you talk about now he's being inducted into the hall of fame and everybody's really got a microscope out, uh, that pressure, uh, nobody, everybody like that that all the judgmental people like that like you they crack in half under that pressure Wade. yeah so um uh that being said, like yeah man there's uh, it it's I don't like. It's hard to even answer that, really. Yeah. It's, it, but it really you, is, man. Do
6: you think he's ever felt uncomfortable with the public attention? Because he, you've been an open book, and in, that's like not everybody would come on this show and talk the way that you have about your past. And you're just like, screw it. I'm not. There's nothing about me that I'm going to even hold back. I'm just an open book. Scott Hall didn't live that way. He was. People right. knew about him through a few public stumbles, embarrassing public stumbles and innuendo and rumors, and, and 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 just physical appearance, you know, the Elvis outfit in yep. DNA 10 years ago. But he didn't talk a lot about it. I mean, he did a seven-hour torch talk with me, uh, I don't know, seven years ago, give or take, and, and that was like the first long-form interview he had done where he really opened up about a lot of stuff. But this <laughs> last year and a half has been the most public he's ever been over a, over a consistent period. Do you think that it has helped or hurt him that through t- getting on Twitter – and being public on interviews here on the live cast and having people really follow him closely, did, did that pressure work for him or against him in his recovery?
7: Double-edged sword, Wade. <laughs> yeah. That's so, all, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. It's a double-edged sword.
6: So some because, days good, sometimes bad.
7: Yeah, man, you have to take the good that comes with, you know, the yeah. bad that comes with the good, because, like, all this social media and all that, yeah. I mean it's been at the heart of a lot of pretty evil stuff, man.
8: Yeah.
7: You know, uh, um, you know, uh, like the slender man stuff and all this, you know, people posting, you know, gang beatings or beating the crap out of somebody up on, you know what I mean? And that's all like, uh, you know, people looking for that fame, that quick, you know, fame that you can get now by doing all that. Um, uh, so like there's that element too, but, but really, um, the social media also has made it to where we don't need to be on national television to have a relationship with our fans anymore, you know, and now we can have a lot more honest relationship with them and yeah. There's a lot of people out there that try to screw it up like a lot of trolls, you know, that that's all they do is try to go on and stir the, you know, stir the shiz. And uh, and it's a real pain in the ass. And, like, you can let it get to you or you can, know, you can see it for what it really is. Every now and then, I still let it get to me because uh, I'm a sensitive kind of guy. But mm-hmm. really, like, I get over it real quick. And then I'm just like, eh.
6: 18 plus having been up and down the road with Scott and feeling just helpless and lost and frustrated and, and full of sorrow when it's come to him as one of your best friends the past couple decades, he whatever criticism or lack of of, of peer-reviewed track record and clinical you know trials, all that stuff has been absent about the past that scott hall has taken scott hall right. has taken an unconventional path but is it the best is the last year and a half with dallas page and everything since the, of everything that he's tried with all kinds of money and, and doctors and and people with with success stories is this last year and a half easily and far and away the, the most helpful and pr- the most progress you've seen with scott as a friend that, in 20 years
7: I think you know the answer to that because you just gave me the answer. That's, I mean, uh, what what you just, your question, like, I could just, like, change a couple words, that would be the answer.
8: <laughs> okay. Fair enough, yep. Seriously. Yeah.
7: You know, um,
8: uh,
7: yeah, he's doing so much better. It's like when I saw him again, like, for the first time, I'm like, man, you're back.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
7: like you're like you're really actually happy for the first time I've ever seen you ever, wow. Because even at the very top, when he was at the peak of his success, he still had to deal with the nagging wife and being on the road and not being and missing his children and you know uh, nothing's ever good enough and all, you know all of that crap, you know uh, and um now he's like got. Uh, a lot more balance man you know just the fact that he has that relationship with his children yeah. which i am like working on like you know with mine and so i understand like that that can be the make or break right there yeah. like if your kid if, if 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 you if you can't have that relationship with your children like yeah. i'm still like my son's not talking to me you know um and I don't blame them, you know, I don't, des- I don't deserve it. My daughter and I have a wonderful relationship. Um, uh, she's, she, you know, like, you know, she's forgiven me and, 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 uh, and that, and I'm working on it with my son and he's doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. and, and honestly, man, that is huge. That's huge. That and our professional life, because wrestling was our life, you know? Yeah. Like before, I was ever married or had a girlfriend, wrestling was my was my my spouse or my significant other. So I mean, you know, that that part too, man. Yeah. Honestly, just him getting back in and around the wrestling business has been good. Whereas a lot of the addictionologists had had said before he needs to be away from all that because it's feeding his. You know, because he can go in. He's so brilliant that like he could go in and manipulate the everybody in the treatment center and everybody running the place. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that therefore the treatment is ineffective, to him, because he can he can bamboozle them so so fast they won't even know it hit him.
6: And and that's even a source, you know, kind of a source of of self esteem that I can walk in and. and... Bamboozle the professionals and then just go back to doing what I want to do. You know, I mean, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
7: Like the place, like when place, uh, you know, I mean, you, you can't like be idolizing people while they're in rehab. Yes, yes. Especially if you're the staff, you know, and, yep. or you're the the you know the ones I, that are the, the facilitators. You can't do that.
6: I think it was a judge in the jo- Dr. George Zahorian trial who excused Hulk Hogan from testifying because he thought it would be bad for Hulk Hogan's public image. But all the other wrestlers had to testify because their public images apparently didn't matter. And then afterwards asked for Hulk's autograph. And I was like, wow. That, I mean, that's just eye-opening about the court system where, you know, you get this really yeah. favorable favorable treatment, and then the judge is like, yeah, you know, treat you like a celebrity. Yeah, I mean, that stuff, you, when, you, when you're in a position of authority, whether it's a judge or a drug counselor, you can't be a mark. I mean, you can't, you just can't.
7: Where they yeah, I the, 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 yeah, don't even get me started on some of the judicial decisions that have come, come out lately. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, I didn't want to get started on that way. Oh, the
6: legalizing of <laughs> pot in in Colorado. I know you just you hate that, Sean. Damn no, I mean, them.
7: <laughs> I mean the whole I mean it's ruined the whole state, can't you tell? <laughs>
6: yes. Uh, Bill Maher had a great uh closing bit on uh on his show about what the pot industry in Colorado needs to do, that they need to be the Jackie Robinson of legalized pot. In other words, stop. They are. But, well, he made some good points. It's worth looking up on the Internet. He said they need to stop selling uh, edible pot that looks like kids' candy. You know, like he's like...
7: Absolutely. That's like candy cigarettes.
6: It is. He says that's not what Jackie... That's not just being Jackie Robinson. That's being Philip Morris. And it was... I thought it was really great. I hope... That was
7: one of the things I was so afraid of, Wade. Yep. That was... That was the uh, uh uh the evil Philip morris types taken and, and and I was afraid of them I don't mean to get off on a on a, a you know a rant about about marijuana on a wrestling show, but like i i'm a i was afraid that they're gonna take the uh the the actual natural plant and 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 genetically mess with it like they did tobacco and turn it into an actual harmful product,
6: oh yeah, yeah, take something yeah exactly, take something that's natural um yeah, and just and in damn
7: near harmless yeah. in its natural form and they yeah. I like I work, you know, I mean yeah. it that, bother, that bothers me. But anyways.
6: Yeah. All right. Well let's let's go back to the phone lines before uh too much longer here. And we got uh popular we're popular in New York and New Jersey right now. We'll uh start off with uh air code uh, three four seven and then two two seven are the next three. Uh please state your name and and uh the city you're calling from.
2: Uh Hello, this is Chris from New York.
6: Hey, Chris, thanks for calling. What do you got for Sean today?
2: Uh, I actually have uh, two questions. The first one is about the state of the wrestling industry. D- does Sean think that the wrestling business can ever have another boom like the late 90s? Or has K. kayfabe died to the point that no one takes it seriously anymore? Like if they want fighting, they'll just go to USC. All right, uh, Sean, you want to tackle um, that? And then we'll go back to Chris.
7: They're, they're two different things. There's some crossover there, but um, uh, really, yes, there's there's going to be a point where um, the industry uh, has another uh, another boom period. It just that's that it's it's going to happen. It's just uh, it's going to take a while for, like I said earlier, emotional equity to be built up. It's like when you buy a home, you know, it takes a while for you to build equity. When you're building stars, it takes a while for uh, for you to get emotion, the emotional equity of of the the uh, the, the fans. So, uh, yes. Well, and, what about and, the
6: k aspect of it that Chris brings up? and, and by k because I mean we got we have a wide array of listeners, and what what he means by that is, and, and and maybe Chris will correct me, but there was a time, and we talked about this earlier in the show, Sean, where wrestling promoters knew that fans knew the fights weren't all on the up-and-up, that it was a work. But they knew it was their responsibility to not remind viewers of it while the experience was, during the experience of watching a wrestling show. As Steve Austin says, we're storytellers. And you don't remind people in the middle of a story unnecessarily. You don't need to reassure your readers when you're reading a mystery novel that it's a guy sitting at a typewriter making up all these people. Like an author knows, you don't remind him of that during the book. Even though the person knows when they pick up a fiction book, it's fiction, the writer would never remind them of it, nor would he pathetically, like John Cena did and WWE in general does, pathetically ask the readers in the middle of a novel, I hope you're entertained by my characters that I created in my mind. I hope I'm entertaining you with my plot lines. An author Mm -hmm. would never pathetically do that. And and
7: yet I don't know. Is that something. what the guy is that what the guy meant when he was asking me that? Well I'm I'm gonna go back
6: to him, but I'm I'm hijacking the question. But I think he did. Yeah, I mean I, but I'll bring it back on but I think he genuinely meant is K Fabe dead or is it something that can be brought back where you watch a show and you actually get to enjoy it as if it's Real, because you get immersed in it. And I don't think it's too late to change that around, but I think what you said, Sean, is true, that it takes some time to rebuild that equity, just like WWE deliberately, five, ten years ago, started changing the in-ring style. We don't see blade jobs. We don't see chair shots to the head. We don't see indiscriminate, hardcore gimmick matches for no reason in the middle of the card for haha laughs. And, and that took some deliberate effort, and I'd say it takes three or four years To decondition the fans to expect that as just part of the show, and so my question is: Are we? Would it just take two, three years to recondition the fans to the notion that when you watch a show, everybody, including JBL, Jerry Lawler, and Michael Cole, are acting like what they're watching is real instead of quote entertainment?
7: That would take one day. It would take just (laughs) a change in policy. Yeah, that's it. I mean, as far as as far as like changing the the content, you know adjusting the content of the show, uh, uh, like you're saying. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you, can, you can do that overnight. Yeah. But, um, you know, as far as the people that you've turned off because of, you know, doing it the other way, like it's going to take a while for them to come back, maybe. Yeah.
6: All right, Chris, but, I on. mean,
7: they came back after the Hogan era died. Yep. All we had to do was just give them what they wanted.
6: Chris, did I, That's it, the
7: whole problem, man. Yeah. People forget. Like sometimes I think they forget what brought them to the dance and what what allowed them to go public in the first place.
6: Yeah. Yeah. A good point. Uh, Chris, did I reasonably interpret your question there?
2: Uh, uh, yes.
6: Okay. Good. Now, what's your second question?
2: Uh, the, the second one is actually about John Cena. I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick. I read recently that John Cena, he actually, on his own time, stopped to see a a, a teenager who's dying of cancer. He met her face-to-face. And this is in regards to a heel turn. Do you think that the only way Vince McMahon would ever turn him heel is if he was facing like another WCW? Because to me it seems like John Cena should stay the way he is because the fans love him for it, and there, he has no competition. So don't you think that he should stay safe
7: the rest of his career if that's what he wants? Um. Yeah. There's no reason to turn John Cena face or or heel because John Cena's just John Cena. Yeah. If if they like somebody else more, they're gonna they're gonna boo John. You know. Uh, I I think he handles it very well. I think they get around it very well in their matches when, when if if the people are you know are hosp- are, are a little more hostile than usual towards him, man. I mean, he don't let it shake him.
8: Yeah.
7: Uh, I think I, I. don't think I've se- ever seen anybody that handled it that good, to be honest. So I don't. I. I think with him, it, it's. It's not like um, it, you would have to have somebody equal to or bigger than him. And as far as perception-wise, for him to turn on, I'll say he'll turn, don't mean squat.
6: And, yeah, I mean, my short answer to the to the twice-a-week caller who, you know, callers who we get it probably twice a week, you know, John Cena should turn heel. I'm like, there's never been a point in the last five years, Sean, where they couldn't make a lot of money turning John Cena heel. So everybody who's a, who's a booking in their mind a turn and go, well, that would make money in pop ratings, of course it would. But if they did it in the past, at the first chance they got, it wouldn't mean as much. They would, that, then John Cena would be no different than AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, Lex Luger, exactly. and other people who have been misbooked because nobody believes their constitution anymore because they have none. They get, they get turned on a whim. So the, everybody uh-huh. who says, well, turn John Cena heel, you'll make money. It's like you could have said that three months ago and three years ago and every day in between and made money. The point is they actually had the discipline not to. And so the short answer of when is John Cena going to turn heel, it's when he stops making money as a babyface, or there's somebody who's, like you kind of just said, John, who's overtaken him And management. Hunter and Vince feel, Paul and Vince feel, is it deserves that top babyface spot, and they can absolutely afford to lose John Cena as a top act, as a top babyface act, and then the temptation is there to make money with Cena as a heel. But if you turn Cena heel and you don't have another top face of the company, in place, I mean that's crazy. You can't possibly, for the short term boost, do that.
7: Right, exactly, and 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 really, I, I compare him to Hulk Hogan, and in, and in, in the way that it would have to be something as as uh, monumental as the NWO angle yeah.
8: for him to turn. Yeah, yeah,
7: and he would have to he would have to have squeezed every single drop of blood out of that stone that he could possibly squeeze. And the people, I mean, you know what I mean? At that yep. point, people were were overwhelmingly kind of giving Hulk a negative reaction. He wasn't even getting the polite legend drop.
6: Right. Yep. You know? That, and people, yeah, I mean, I know Hulk hesitated to the very end to, to agree to turn heel, but for probably, you know, two years or a year and a half leading up to the heel turn, I was. You can go back and read the back issues of the Torch. It's fascinating. The six, nine, twelve, eighteen months leading up to the Hogan heel turn, it was like Hulk's, Hulk is losing his relevance. He's going to be. You know, they're, he's he's not getting the reactions he once got, and now is kind of the time when he's still got the equity where a heel turn would really mean something. And 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 when he did it, it meant so much because they didn't wait too long, but they also didn't rush it and do it earlier. And it is. It's picking that sweet spot with Cena. Sean, how much should Cena's charity work factor in at all? I mean, it absolutely is is wonderful that John Cena does um, charity work.
7: Well, here's the thing. Uh, being the, just okay, I'm gonna have to just use the the make a list thing alone. Uh, the fact that his he's even gone past like you know Hogan, Rock, anybody like of all time, as far as Make-A-Wish, uh, you know, things, that alone tells me, like, they need to not mess with that. They need to not jeopardize that. Yeah. There's nothing, no no, no short-term uh, pop in the ratings is worth messing with that and breaking a bunch of little kids' hearts.
6: And, and I think that plays into John Cena. I mean, I think that is a factor. Now, granted, John Cena's job is to make money for WWE. And if there's a much... If turning John Cena heel frees up, as Bret Hart leaving and turning heel freed up Steve Austin to become the top babyface and lead to the biggest boom period we've seen in wrestling, if there's an opportunity for John Cena to turn heel, to open up a spot for Roman Reigns or whomever else to become a breakout top babyface, and John Cena as a heel makes NWO type of money... I would argue that there'll be another babyface to do those charity appearances in place of Cena, and it's Cena's job to do what's best for WWE and, dare I say at the stockholders and what's best for business. I, I, think, I think John Cena doing charity work is partially a tribute to John Cena's character, but I think it's also part of the machinery in that the top babyface, who's a top face for eight years like Cena has been, by definition, is going to be in demand to do charity appearances. And Cena happens to be very willing to do tons of them, much to his credit. But nobody, it's, not like, there, it's not like there'll, there'll never be another popular wrestler. Is, yeah, not,
7: but there's John, nobody... Yeah. There's, I'm sorry, there's nobody even right now... Yeah, that would be great if, if we get somebody that's even relatively close to as hot as, as John, then we could start
8: talking about that.
6: Yeah, and that's my thing. I don't think... There there have been babyfaces who have turned heel and broken the hearts of their fans throughout wrestling history. And if every one of those babyface turns or those heel turns didn't happen because promoters and the wrestler himself was scared of breaking hearts, the business might not be around today. Because the definition of a hot heel turn is when you break the hearts of fans who were following you.
7: Yeah, but at least let them grow up a little bit. (laughs)
6: <laughs> well, and, that's fun, and funny you should say that because that's kind of what happened with Hulk Hogan. You know, the right. fans who grew up with him were kind of tired of him by the time he turned heel, and right. that's, that's why that's I. Should do it. And that's why I think they've been really disciplined about not turning Cena prematurely. But I do think the time will come in the next few years if they find a new babyface to take his spot, and that's
8: required.
6: Yeah. If they have it's that, going then
8: to they should do it. It's going
7: to happen. Yeah. There's, some guy, there's some guys. There's some guys. That uh, that have a real good shot at, at, at um, I think coming up, you know, that have a good shot. Yep. Like I think the Bray Wyatt act is so hot.
6: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Like when I see him, turn, like I saw uh, uh, quite a bit of the the RAW from Minneapolis, and when all those lighters came on, when the when the lights went out, man, that's that's like that's incredible. Like, that's a, that's a sight to behold. i imagine it. I can't even imagine it live.
6: Let's, uh, I'm going to take one more phone call on the live cast. We'll go to a VIP after show with whatever time you have left, Sean. Um, I know I took some notes here and want to ask you if you follow up on some things, but we'll save that for VIP members. If you aren't VIP, one benefit of going VIP right now is getting the VIP after show with Sean today. And also the complete torch talks and live cast with Sean Waltman that I've done over the past 25 years. Uh, You can go back to I think probably Sean the first radio interview you ever did on Pro Wrestling Focus.
7: Pro Wrestling Focus. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see how terrible I was,
6: (laughs) you were terrible, but it was awesome. Brutal. You were were brutal. It was great though. I mean, it's it's. You
7: should hear. uh, Yeah, my voice was so high. I I don't think my balls stopped. Ninety seconds. (laughs) So, (laughs) but you go
6: through that. There's some great. I mean, really, really, really great Torch talks. Um, long, long form torch talks in the back issues of the Torch newsletter with Sean, and then he's been on the livecast before, including long VIP exclusive after shows. So if you've enjoyed this interview, I've been doing insider interviews more or longer than anybody. Uh, the Torch talk predated shoe tapes, it predated wrestling books. It was the first and currently still ongoing series seconds. of insider interviews where wrestlers talked. And other people in the industry, Chris Cruz is a WCW announcer, Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette as managers and promoters. When people went on record and talking openly about the business, there was no other interview series that predates the Torch Talk series that started in 1988. And you can read all, uh, just about all of them, if not all of them, when you go VIP. And you can listen to a lot of them, too. PwTorch.com slash GoVIP.
3: VIP. Hey, kids. I'm Harley Arpajet,
5: and I'm Emily Fear,
3: and we host the PW Torch Daily Cast, Talking Honor.
5: Join us and our team of correspondents every Wednesday as we discuss the week in Ring of Honor, including ROH TV, Honor Club events, breaking news, and listener mail
3: plus exclusive interviews with top ROH stars like Jeff Cobb, Kelly Klein, Tracy Williams and Beer City Bruiser.
5: Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your
8: favorite podcast app to subscribe.
3: Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. That turned out okay, I think.
5: Yeah, that was good. Want to try the cowboy version now?
3: Sure. Howdy, y'all.
6: My name. Let's go to uh, our last caller. I Probably the last caller. I won't commit to that. Uh, but the last, maybe the last caller, 347, and then 397 are the next three digits. Uh, New York, please uh, state your name and the city you're calling from.
1: How are you doing? This is Mike from Brooklyn.
6: Hey, Mike from no, Brooklyn. No, Mike. Mike, you didn't have to say Brooklyn. We knew it just from the way you said Mike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go all ahead. Right. Um, enjoy, enjoy the, uh, the line Tom Wade and also so I'm Sean. I yeah. wanted to just make a statement. Thank you, man, for all the years that you gave us in this industry. And to me, I don't think you get a lot and enough credit for what you brought to this industry, as far as the I, style and everything. I've been a fan since '91. I don't think you. Get wow,
7: man, that's a long fun. time, man. But so you know me from uh, Lightning Kid days. If you if you uh, see me since '91,
8: um, yeah. No, man, I I appreciate All
7: that, fun. man. I I I sometimes I. I there are days when sometimes I go, oh, like, uh, my picture in the WWE Encyclopedia and the DX thing, uh, you can barely see me in it and all mm-hmm. boo boo face and, uh, pout about it or something stupid like that. But overall, you know what, man? The people are what are, uh, the people, they know, they show me the love and, and uh, and the company is starting to more and more, I did it to myself, man. You know, when you go out and you make an ass out of yourself in public the way I did for a few years, uh and the way I fell off, you know, uh the, you know, it kind of it kind of messes with your legacy, man, and I've had to try to do my best to repair that. So, um and and I'm grateful that the people are are very forgiving. You know, people still bring their kids to see me. You know, I I mean, that's uh, you know, like I said, I'm grateful to that. I was just up in the neck of the woods about three weeks ago, bro.
1: Right. If it wasn't for you, it wouldn't be no Daniel Bryan, wouldn't be no Ray Mysterio, mm. no Eddie. I'm just saying. You would have well, enriched the underdog, man.
7: Uh, thank you, man. Um, I would like to think that those guys still would have came up and and, you know, somebody else that they gave the opportunity would have carried carried the ball like I did, but um the fact is is that they did give me that opportunity and I did go I did carry the ball into the end zone and it you know it, maybe it did give uh it give it gave them the confidence in, in that they could, you know, rely on smaller guys after that. So I'll take that. But like I still think you know, there was a lot of really good. I had a lot of excellent contemporaries back then, too. You know, Jericho, um, you know, uh, uh, the Mysterios guys that were around, they just, I was the one that got that opportunity in WWF. You know? Right. So I'm grateful for that. I'm very, very grateful, man. I've always been very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. And uh, then. You know, to actually, uh, not choke when I was, when I got off the bat. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. I just want to send that sentiment to you. Like, I've always been a fan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I feel that way. Like, you brought a lot to the game. A lot. Like, I see a lot of.
7: I ain't ain't done yet, bro. (laughs) I ain't even close to done yet. <laughs> You'll see me back on TV. I,
1: I'd even dare say future Hall of Famer.
7: Thank you, man. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it.
1: Well, the love.
7: Excellent. All right, I appreciate it. Love, man. Thank you.
6: Appreciate the call, Mike, very much. All right, we are now uh, going to shift to the VIP After Show. Thanks to everybody on the cast side of things for joining me today. If you didn't catch, Recent interviews, we've had a lot of go ones recently. And uh, Daniel's, uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian were on with Pat McNeil on Wednesday. Two uh,
7: great guys.
6: And so yeah, so uh, absolutely, I, I love their what they did in TNA uh, the past year as a tag team, and looking forward to what they do in ROH and uh, the indie scene. Uh, a week ago Wednesday, because Pat and I switched days last week because my vacation in beautiful South Dakota, by the way. Um, just amazing, amazing yeah. state. state um, western or I'm sorry yeah west southwest South Dakota just uh, that's where right.
7: the Wolfpack was born
6: Sturgis and oh man honestly it was just I had not been there before and it, I just can't speak enough about the, the beauty and uh, the people and there were great restaurants it was just uh, real. I put like 1800 miles on my car in the last eight days which is a year's <laughs> worth for me sometimes so See that's
7: uh, but, a, that's that's my that's my idea. I love getting in the car and driving, man. Oh yeah. Some people like flying. I like if I had the time, I'd I'd much rather drive.
6: I got to, I got so much podcasts listening in. listened to so much Torch Audio and some other wrestling podcasts. Steve Austin and Tommy Rogers was a blast. Um and uh, Steve Austin and Just Incredible. Um I, I got a good good head start on that. I still got more to listen to, but. Tommy Rogers one was amazing talking about, I mean, the job, show, uh,
7: PJ's doing a great job on his pro wrestling One Hundred and One stuff, man. I don't yeah. get to see it that much, but man, he's very good at that, man. Like, yep. I, you know, and he's, he's, you know, he's, all, he's, 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 he's very well-spoken. He, he's, he's an intelligent guy. Like, uh, um, he was a great partner and, uh, um, and he knows, man. And like, honestly, still, he was his own worst, uh, like, like, like just, he, he didn't have a high opinion of himself, man. Yeah, like every, yeah, like awesome. everybody, everybody else did. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's changed in his life. You know, I think he, he realizes like, like, yeah, I'm, you know, this is, like, like I, I mean, he's,
6: has remin- gotta be able no. to
7: look in the mirror. You gotta be able to look in the mirror and, and, and see the good things, man, that everybody else sees.
6: He, uh, I love, I mean, it, you get a taste of, of PJ and what just the person that he is and that I interview with Austin, he, you know, it's like, and it drives me nuts. He's like, he says, you know, cause he lives not that far from Stanford and there's a lot of WWE shows, you know, within an hour or two of his house. And he's like, yep. you know, I'd like to go to, go to the shows more, but he goes, I just, I couldn't handle it. If I went up to the back door and security didn't know who I was and nobody let me in and I had to just hang my head and leave. He's like, but I'd, I'd love to go catch up to some of the guys. And I'm like. That drove me nuts, Sean. Because shouldn't there be some sort of official channel for ex wrestlers who are welcome at shows and want to go say hi to be able to actually contact the office through some well-known official? Yeah, channel? Yeah, of and course going?
7: you can do that. Yeah, of course. Well, call somebody needs to.
6: Yeah, well, PJ needs to be told it's that. It's really he's
7: gonna... no. It's no more simple. I mean, it's really simple. Yeah. You get on the phone. You call Talent Relations. Hey, I want to go to the uh, go down, stop down, see the boys. Yeah. Um, Mark Carano's. Yeah, come on down. Yeah, um, well, you know, and they put your name on the list.
6: Well, Page needs to know that because he's like, I'd love to go to shows, and I just, I, I'm afraid that security won't know me and I won't be welcome. So he. Hunter, but that,
7: Hunter I, I'm would playing... never. Hunter would never ever turn turn. uh yeah. Well, he wouldn't let them turn TJ away.
6: Yeah, but my my, I bring up that story one because yeah, it was it's just fresh on my mind. But two, it it shows what you're talking about with him. You know, not not necessarily low self esteem, but like just not wanting to rock the boat, not not wanting to do. And it 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 worked for him in some ways, but a lot of times it worked against him because you do kind of have to reach out and take what you want. And Peach
8: right.
6: was, was more of a follower, and he'll admit that. And it helped
1: him in some ways. Oh, he but, told me that.
7: Yeah, he told me. He told me that. Yeah, he said no. I don't. He actually told me, he goes, uh, yeah, I'm just, he's like, I'm riding your coattails right now, like, uh, I ain't afraid to tell you. I'm like, hop on, bro. I ain't afraid to i ain't afraid to go in there and do battle. Yep, yep. He's a good partner, man.
8: Yeah.
7: And I know he's healthy now because he's got a hell of a gut on him right now.
8: <laughs> yes. All so right, uh, all right. He's all right.
7: keeping his nose clean.
6: Exactly. All right, I, I want to uh I want to cut this off here uh we want to have some time for some VIP after show stuff for our paid members. Go VIP right now. You will not turn back. You will not regret it. People who sign up send me emails going, Why did I wait so long? Um this is it, you know, just, I mean I I, I I should have more testimonials ready to read on this show, but just just give it a try. Uh PWtorch.com slash go VIP. It's what my life is dedicated to professionally for twenty six plus years. We got a great staff led by senior columnist Bruce Mitchell. It's just It absolutely, if you've listened to the show this long and you love wrestling and you want to understand it more and you want to enjoy it more, um, you know, sometimes you you see isolated stuff or hear isolated stuff and you think we're all negative and cynical and all of that. You, You look at the big picture and you see what the approach we take and, and and I think you understand why people who love wrestling love what we do on the VIP side of things, which is where the va- despite all the content we put on the livecast for free, the vast majority of our effort and our body of work and, and the, the minutia and all the details that we cover day to day, hour by hour and week to week is on the VIP side. How come
7: side you right? haven't interviewed How come you haven't interviewed Pat Patterson yet, or have you? You know, I I way
6: back at the Vince McMahon trial, he was there um, in Long Island. What was that, ninety four? And I asked yeah. him if he would talk with me, and he said yes. And then it—I don't know what happened. It just didn't come about. And then uh, I saw him just a few years ago and, and had a long, a long talk with him after a WWE show here in Minneapolis. Yeah. And we're talking about Vern Gagne and AWA, and I mean lots, of, lots of stuff. It was just a great, great thing. But I didn't feel like I wanted to hound him that about doing an interview. But I'd, I'd love well, to not have a
7: time. But now that now that he broke the ice, yeah, hit him up.
8: Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, on, I'd love then. to.
7: You know, I mean, yeah. he's the Yoda of uh, of yeah. wrestling. You know, That's are yeah. all the Jedi Masters. He's Yoda, and uh, and um, like, uh, you know, y- you know what to ask. So, yeah. I mean, that would be that, that's a, that would be uh, gold right there, bro. That would. be uh, Yeah, he's
6: he's if not at the very, he's might be the number one guy on the list of guys I've interviewed that I'd like to. I mean, because he hasn't he hasn't written the book, he hasn't done a shoe tape. You know, I like to talk to people who haven't. You know. Who I feel that there's things that haven't been said or explored yet, and there's no doubt with Pat that's the case. All right, let's uh, we'll, we'll continue this exact conversation at the outside. I can't of believe
7: that bombshell they dropped, man! I can't <laughs> believe they're gay. Pat Anderson, gay. Oh my God, I never knew.
6: Uh, Bruce Mitchell on the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, which for a lot of people is the number one reason to go VIP. He did a uh, show on. <laughs> he did a show on Sunday, and he was talking about it. And and he said, you know, there was that Ray Stevens wedding, and uh, and Bruce tells the story better than I can. But Ray just said, my partner Pat Patterson would never participate in something like this, you know. And Bruce got the story just exactly right. But it, yeah, this idea that it was some bombshell, and yeah, it was,
8: <laughs> but
6: anyhow, um, where's my uh, where's my playout music? Here's my playout music. All right. Uh Sean Wallman, thank you so much. Uh plug plug anything you need to or want to here. How can people follow you? What's the best way? Website, Twitter, Facebook, what is it?
8: Oh, it's at
7: the real X-Pac, Uh on Twitter. And uh um this this uh, this weekend we're uh we're at the uh, Crown Plaza in Providence, Rhode Island. And it's a, it's just called FanFest. Fest. And it's and it's uh it's gonna be a ton of people here. Tons of guys: Scott Hall, myself. Um, I think Scott's diner. Uh, there's quite a few people. Um, you'll have to like. Uh, I, can, I know you can go to Clutch City Productions website and uh, and find out who all's gonna you know be here for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what's up with me, and that, uh, that, and I'm just keeping busy every week. Way too much to go. Way too much to try to tell you on the air, you know. And really I you're... don't come on here to plug my stuff, anyways. You know that.
6: Well, I know, but people, I mean, people might want to follow you and keep track of what you're doing. So I'm doing it for them as as much, if not more, than you. So
7: appreciate
6: get over your, it. So get over your oh
7: stuff. yeah nwowolfpack.com <laughs> if you want to buy something.
6: All right, cool, excellent. <laughs> All right,
7: I hope. I hope I said that right. I don't even know. Can't even remember my own don- domain name. <laughs>
6: Very good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, uh, join us. Uh, join Bruce Mitchell and Travis Bryant on Monday's livecast. And even better, dive in. Go VIP right now and uh, become a subscriber. Find out why I've been able to uh, do this professionally uh, for twenty six plus years since I was age sixteen when I started the business. You can see why. Uh, subscribe or sustain what I do by uh, diving in for a small fee uh, and uh, supporting what we do here at the livecast and getting a lot of bang for your buck pwtorch.com slash govip there I plugged my stuff after your last plug Sean which is
1: the way it made it very good alright
6: <laughs> right, we are now on the VIP after show portion of the program Sean thanks for staying around all right, well, let's, uh, let's begin with uh, your everybody's favorite topic, TNA. Um, lots of uh, people kind of wondering what's going to happen to this company. Will Spike TV renew them? Their ratings just came in. They did rebound to a 1.01 rating last night. Now that the NBA and NHL playoffs are over with, they had a nice surge. And Bobby Lashley is the new champion. Uh, Eric young reign is over. Um, you. you've, you've made your feelings known about this, speaking of Twitter, but what, what – what, how – Disappointed or frustrated are you with what TNA has done with the Spike TV time slot?
7: Um, You know, I I, it's I'm I'm almost exhausted just from you know from because I I, I, but but believe it or not, uh, you might not know this. I mean, you might not think this by you know following my twitters, but uh, or my tweets, I should say but I don't particularly enjoy burying people or things, but I just can't help it. It's so pathetic. I mean, just, you know, it's, and, and it, it, what, what really concerns it, but what, not, what really bothers me is that they have some great talent there, Wade, and some guys that I really consider, some, you know, really, really our friends. Yeah. And even if they're not friends, they're still the boys, man. You know, and the boys are the boys, you know, and 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 I care about each and every one of them. And and for for that opportunity to get squandered like that, it pisses me off to I mean to no end. To no end. Dixie Carter has turned that thing into a giant freaking vanity. Uh, pro, uh, wrestling company. To I mean, she has her own theme music. Wade.
6: Yeah, although yeah. Triple H does, since like McMahon Stephanie McMahon What makes her different?
7: She don't know her ass from a hole in the ground. She has not. She's not. She's not a wrestler. Those guys. I mean, Stephanie even got in the ring and wrestled. You know, um, they're actually. They're in the wrestling industry. She, I don't care how long she's owned that damn company. She's still an outsider,
8: as far as I'm concerned.
6: Yeah, Vince McMahon drew, you know, a sellout crowd at the Silver Dome and hadn't wrestled yet. Yes. I mean, there's been some great promoters who haven't wrestled yet or never wrestled. That's what that's what I think is frustrating with people. The, with Dixie, it's not the fact that Vince- she's. Yeah, Yeah. it's not that she's I'm not sure. a wrestler per se, it's the t- decisions she has made and the choice. But I, I'm with you, I think the last year since she became a central figure on television is when whatever level of respect a lot of people had left for her kind of went away and they started going, oh God, you know, we always feared this, but yep, she's she's a money mark. You know, she's turned into now. Now it's it's the wrestlers are putting her on. You know, the wrestlers with power are assuring her that she's great and this is where she should be and all that. And oh, it is.
7: that's one of the oldest tricks in the book. Yeah, get the get the owner to be on your in your part of your angle. Yep, and be on your team. Yep. I mean, it even happened with Eric and NWO. Yeah, you
8: know. <laughs>
7: yes.
6: So, what is there anything that can be done, or is it best at this point if TNA were to just literally go away, and that time Here slot would go to somebody away. else? Yeah.
8: So,
7: I mean, I just don't. I, I, I don't. I would. Here's the thing. I worry about the big the vacuum that the, the suck that'll just like as far as you know, like jo- jobs being you know just disappearing in the industry. Don't really. I mean, other than a few top guys. Who's really got job security there? You know.
6: Well, that's the thing. They've already laid off just about all the top payroll anyway. That's not you know AJ Styles doesn't have a job. Daniels and Kaz don't.
7: I no, mean, no. yeah, AJ I feel bad Styles for James Storm and AJ Robert Styles Rude. has AJ Styles has a job. He's a New, a New Japan champion. That, that's he right, may yeah. not have a job here in the United States, but um, he don't need them.
6: Yep. And that's the thing. You know, I said I, I feel bad for Robert Roode and James Storm, but. The next yeah. thing I'm going to say is, I think they'll have they'll make maybe more money. Just like AJ Styles is probably making more money this year than he would have had he stayed in TNA. So, when it comes to jobs in the business, TNA is not exactly creating high paying, stable jobs at this point. Right. There's not a lot left to lose. Now, if they had you know 15 guys making 500 to a million bucks, that would be too bad. You know, because that that does provide some legit leverage. For yeah, exactly. even a even a Randy Orton, you know, Randy Orton gets so frustrated with things he can say. You know what? He can do the Rob Van Dam thing or the or the Christian thing, which is I'm so frustrated. I want a lighter schedule, or Jeff Hardy for that matter. I got I want a lighter schedule, and I just want to go make a million bucks. But I want to be at I want to be at home more often, and I want to feel a little more in control of my destiny. T.A. offered that to a half a dozen or so guys over the past ten years. Now that that doesn't even exist. You know, here's but,
7: the thing: the only positive thing for a guy that 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 doesn't already have a national national, you know, having you know an established name out there is that they're on TV. Yeah. You know, on Spike Network. Yeah. Um that's the that's the that's the only thing. And cuz a lot of guys haven't been around long enough to have that emotional equity that we talked about. Yeah. So, uh however, um are trust me tna when i say this there's independent uh groups out there that make you guys look like idiots as far as like uh like just like even in europe i was just over there they've got to, i mean not to mention the talent they have over in the uk i mean the the the, the promoter the promotions over there are are excellent they're excellent. There's plenty of work out there for go- for guys that are good. For guys that are good. Yep. And I mean just like the guys that were let go from Vince, you know? It's just that they they you know, they gotta know what um you know, they gotta be they gotta take an honest look at themselves in the mirror and uh not get too delusional about what they're worth. And they also can't go out there and lowball everybody either. You know? I mean, so that's th- kind
8: of tough. Yeah, putting huh? as,
6: putting aside for a moment Dixie Carter and her role on TV, when you do have a chance to see TNA, what what very specifically frustrates you the most about the way they present the product? What's a concrete example or two about what kind of drives you nuts?
7: Yeah, I did, honestly. I it, I can't help but just, uh, folks. When I think about it, I just Dixie's face pops into my head. Yeah, I I. I don't know. Like I, I, I haven't been watching. If I'm not watching the, the WWE product enough, yeah. I'm damn sure not going to be um, watching watching theirs. So I can't honestly um, sit and critique and, and critique their episode by episode shows. Yeah. I just if not, when I've tuned in, um, you know, other than when they've let two guys go in there that are good and have a have a good match, I just I. It's just everything comes up bush, bush Yeah. League, yeah.
8: you know. Um,
6: it's just, yeah, no, fair, fair enough, fair enough. We got our uh, we got our t our, our uh, I won't say obligatory, but our our qu- our TNA quota. Yeah. I'll Call
7: it. Uh, yeah, in, uh, you know uh, I hate to, and I mean I knew we had to talk about it, but I hate to waste like too much of your time, you know, uh, yeah. talking about that because really I mean there's not a whole lot to be done. At this yep. point, because it's obvious she's not going to listen. Yeah, at least not the right people. Yeah. All right. She got a, uh, must must have a narcissist complex because I mean it's easy to have those 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 type of people. All you got to do is is feed their uh, their their you know their false reality that they have built for themselves. So. I, know, she,
6: I know she's yeah, told I, people. She's told people she's her own worst critic. It comes whatever. Yeah.
7: Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure she's not a performer. That's a problem. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know when she, re- when she thought she became a performer, but, uh, um, Oh, damn it. I was just going to say something. I had a brain fart. Oh, well,
6: <laughs> well, if it comes back to you, interrupt me or in- yeah. interject to yourself, uh, Sean, somebody asked the other day about, uh, you know, tough guy or wrestlers who are legitimately tough in the business. And, um, and, you know, if, if, if you can kind of tell looking on the outside, and, and if it helps from a, and this is kind of related to Daniel Bryan and, and how WWE is portraying them, his neck injury, is, is there, a, if somebody's bigger, are they more durable? is is just, and I don't mean musculature in terms of your on stuff, because that's a separate topic, and I can ask that next if I choose to, but just in terms of size, does somebody Daniel Bryan's size have less of a chance to be injured than A-Train or Batista or Drew McIntyre, somebody who's taller, but I picked deliberately three different body types there?
7: I don't think anybody has any more or less of a chance than anybody else, Wade, except for, um, except for if somebody is carrying too much weight on their frame. If a guy's too overly mus- uh, carrying too much muscle or carrying too much body fat, uh, that's it doesn't matter whether it's muscle or fat, Wade. If you're carrying too much weight, you're carrying too much weight. And it's bad on your joints, it's bad on your knees and ankles, and it's bad on your heart. And that's the bottom line. So actually, the bigger guys are much more susceptible to injury than the, the smaller guys.
6: And that's a point that that that's a point that I made. And Tommy Rogers with Steve Austin in the podcast that Steve put up last week, the interview with Tommy Rogers, uh, Tommy talked about that. He, he was like almost to the point of Steve being a little uncomfortable. There's, you know, I don't have you listened to many of Steve's podcasts, Sean?
7: I try to. Yeah, I really enjoy him because I think he does a great job. Oh, he does. But he's, he's just such from get go. He's,
6: he's an entertainer. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a he's a genuine guy, but he's an entertainer, and he's gotten better as time has gone on, and um. The breakthrough interview for him was one last November with this Wade Keller guy. That's when things really turned around for him.
8: Um, I might, might remember that.
6: <laughs> but the thing—the thing that was interesting was with, the thing that's interesting with Steve is he's willing to go a certain distance, but there's certain things you talk about that st- you know, as you, you put it, stay in the car or yeah. stay in the ring or stay in the locker room. And every once in a while, a guest pushes those limits with Steve and Tommy. Yeah, kind of did, did that. Too. Yeah. Yep. And and Tommy did that when he was talking about how the steroids that he took, he thinks added musculature that allowed him to do things with his muscles that were unnaturally strong that his ligaments and his joints and his tendons and his back could not handle. And he thought
7: that... Well, if that, he would have taken growth hormone along with it, it would have been able to.
6: Uh, and why anyways, is that? No, no, why is that, though? that-
7: well, that's because the uh, growth hormone allows the the soft tissue, the tendons, to to grow along with the muscles. Ah, so yeah. your muscles don't get too strong for your tendons. Yep. But anyways.
6: So, yeah, so he was he was talking about that, and he was just like, "Man, I you know he, the the description of what he goes through just to get to work in the morning. He lives in Hawaii and works at a is it a warehouse or he works." Uh, uh, but he he talked about you know just he has to take a bath every morning to loosen up and the the pain he's in and all of that and yeah I mean I, I just think any uh, a young it's so tough for and I know Terry Taylor got frustrated with a lot of X division guys in TNA during his time there and he probably still is frustrated today to an extent but a good influence with young guys in WWE developmental
7: he's doing a phenomenal he's doing a phenomenal job
6: yeah Terry
7: Taylor
1: is.
6: And, and the argument he makes, and I, I know he's made, and I know a lot, and you've made, and others, is telling young guys when, it, when they wake up and they don't hurt from the morning before, they don't hurt that bad, is slow down. Because, you know, Matt Hardy was one of the first guys to use the term bump card with me. You know, you've only got so no, many bumps No, I think in your bump I card.
7: used it a little bit before he did. Wade. Yeah, well, I, I don't know that so, I heard you so, use it, but. So many of the terms that I've said, I'll said i will have uh, if, boy, boy, am I, I patting myself on the back? No, no, don't do take, that. take.
6: You're, you're call, no, you're, but
7: I've always said you only have so many bumps on your bump cart, and then it's yep. done.
6: Yep. And 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 so with with uh, with young guys, it is it is. You know, Tommy Rogers looks back and he's like, man, you know, they're just, you know, and he he wasn't taking bumps like Dolph Ziggler does, you know, but he was right. taking a ton. So my question, as, as that is just kind of the, the, the foundation a little bit, is what. Do you understand, or do you agree? Do you understand what's going on with Dolph Ziggler? A guy who a year, year and a half ago was looked at as, as a future top star, and now he is just at just a mid card. So rapid fire, takes so many hard bumps, and not in a way that seems, to my eye, particularly efficient. And I know that management is frustrated. Do you think that he's being pushed less because people have told him slow down, and he just won't, or do you think other things are at play?
7: Uh, that I don't think that's it. Um and, and I and I do understand what uh where you are what he's saying about his bumps because um you know, I Billy Gunn like it's it's kinda like Billy Gunn the way he bumps and feeds. Uh yep. but it's yep. um yeah, it's these days we kinda gotta do it a little bit different. We still have to take those nice crisp flatbacks, but you know, you pick it, You 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 don't do you don't you don't go down on the first frickin' punch. Boom, flat back. Mm-hmm. You know, rock a little bit first. Do the old Dick Merlock. Boom, 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 boom. Then you take it, your first bump. Boom. You know, then you feed up, and the whole time the baby you know the baby bass has to give you some breathing room to let you get back up. You know, he'd be up on you and like grabbing you. And it's like one of the worst, my biggest pet peeves is a baby base that knocks a guy down just to pick him back up and knock him back down again. Like, if, you're good enough, if you knock him down, for one day unless he's feeding back up, cover his ass, you dumb son of a bitch.
6: Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, that's, that's one of the things I love about the Steve Austin podcast is hearing him with other wrestlers talk shop, you know, in a way that... You just don't get, other, except when two smart wrestlers sit down and critique somebody's style and pick apart things that maybe, you know, just about anybody else isn't going to pick up on that's holding them back or, or just, or costing them years on their career because of inefficiency. All right, speaking yeah. of it, oh, go ahead, Sean.
7: Well, see, the, the other thing is, is the rain used to be cut like so hard, too.
8: Oh, You know, yeah. that's
7: what, that's what people still don't keep in mind when they, uh, look at those old matches of ours that are on the network. That mm-hmm. was a, that ring took years off of the uh, off of our careers.
6: Do you know yet if how WWE Network is going to work in terms of royalties?
7: No, I don't. Yeah, is no, I don't. Come and I've been asked, yeah. and I've been asked by other guys, and I'm not the one to ask. Yeah. just because I'm like Hunter's my boy. Has a lot of people on the internet, your boy, tell your boy, yeah, "Yeah, that's right, he is my boy. One of my best friends ever. It's helped save my life. So, um, yeah, my boy. He just, uh, I I don't, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that.
6: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope, hope, Hope it makes sense what they do. We got a question. This is from uh, Mark R, who uh, Mark from Kentucky, who says, "Sean, different wrestlers have different feelings on watching their own matches after the fact. Do you watch yours? And if so, what criteria do you use to evaluate your performance or match quality?"
7: Same as I, yeah, I do. I watch my matches uh, a lot, and I, I, I use the same criteria I do uh, with any other match I watch. If it makes, if if um, I. Every, there's very few matches I watch that I I won't pick apart that I can't show you uh, where I did something wrong or where I I I where I neglected to um, uh, uh, you know cover a guy in time or or where I moved on the double down and 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 asked the double down up so the people didn't get with it uh, just a lot just. And really, the main criteria on what decides what a good match is, in my eyes, has always been crowd reaction.
8: Mm -hmm.
7: Because I don't care what you do. Like, you can go out there and do every great move and even, you know, tell a good story in there. To me, it's the crowd. We are doing... The whole object of what we're doing is uh, to perform for a crowd. So, like that's why i that my barometer is just okay the moves got to be nice but you know a lot of people can do nice moves wait so it's got to be the um crowd reaction yeah more than anything
6: yeah uh this is somewhat related question i i, I put with it this is uh vip member brandon from michigan And we had a question about this earlier, too. I think it was Chris from New York. Uh, He says, where do you think k stands in today's day and age, and where should it stand? After listening to Steve Austin's podcast with Ric Flair, they got into talking about blading and where they keep their blades and so on. Now, I know this is common knowledge nowadays to Insider fans, but to me, that was a little too much detail, especially from two of the biggest stars in the business. Who knows who's listening on free podcasts like that? We all know magic is an illusion, but we don't all know how the trick is done. Thanks for your time. Sean, before you comment on that, too, it's funny because when I first ran an advertisement for the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter in a national wrestling magazine, there were other smaller wrestling newsletter editors who thought I was doing something wrong because anybody could then order the newsletter, as if that wasn't always the case, as if it was some sort of club. Oh, like
7: you're like, okay, yeah, like you're, like you're supposed to be a trade journal?
6: Yeah, well, yeah. Like I'm supposed to only the only people who can subscribe is somebody who who is right. recommended by another subscriber. You know, kind of a men's club, you know, a cafe club or something. Right. And and I was like, well, okay. I mean, that's fine. But no, that's not. You know, that that didn't slow me down or phase me. But you know, there is that aspect of now that the Steve Austin podcast is out there in podcast one. He's doing something that's reaching a, a larger audience and platform than other podcasts because of the Steve Austin name and yep. more than the newsletters. But that said, Mick Foley in his book and so many books since then were marketed by WWE and they went into great detail. I, I, do you think, and you answer the question however you want, but one thing I'd be curious about is, do you think there is a, 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 a format or a place where certain things should not be talked about where that line has, because of new technology or new marketing that, that hasn't been tested before?
7: here's a thing way somebody is, is always going to anyways and uh um i you know if, if somebody brings it up i'll talk about it uh, the fact is, is we don't do it anymore you know it's 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 an archaic uh um practice that um it doesn't really happen much anymore you know uh, so I don't know I don't think so I don't think it hurts anything Wade yeah. you know we I would I understand the math because I was actually going to use the magic analogy but uh, it's I mean it's a, it's a little different and, and everybody wants oh. to know about the workings of the business because they want to be the big you know prognosticator and critic
6: you know what, though? I throw this out there. I think there's different levels of fans, and I think somebody who's listening to Steve Austin talk to Tommy Rogers about yeah. world-class championship wrestling in the 80s is not your typical raw viewer. The same way right. that when I watch a sci-fi movie with great special effects, I'm not, the fan who, I'm not the type of viewer of a movie who wants to then see the deconstruction of how the special effects were done. I don't actually want to see that, because I'll, know the, I'll p- be paying attention to that next time I watch a movie and I'll know where CGI meets the actual set meets, you know, I don't want to know that stuff when I watch a movie. I think there are fans who have a natural point at which they go, I don't want to know this because it doesn't make me more interested in wrestling. It actually takes something away from it. And I think that's up to each individual person to decide not, and without worrying about Steve Austin and Ric Flair talking about where their blades are, because nobody who didn't want to know that detail would make it that far into Steve Austin's podcast anyway.
8: I agree. Yeah. Very well said.
6: Uh, Steve from Hayward, California says, can you ask Sean his memories of his match with The Rock that was a main event of Rock back in 98? I remember Sean Michaels turning on him with a wicked chair shot. I thought it was one of Sean's greatest matches, and JR was tremendous calling it. Thanks to both of you. I love when Sean is on the live cast.
8: Yeah,
7: yeah I remember I it vividly. Um, um, it was one of many matches I had with Rock, and one of and one of several I had with him on television. And I I, I uh um so had mine a pay per view with him in in uh in, in London from Lemley Arena for the WWF title.
8: Yeah.
7: Um but yeah, that was uh you know, they that's the thing. With with the with the advent of the network now, like um uh All of like like the the one guy that called earlier was like you don't get enough credit blah blah blah. The network has given me plenty of credit. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy with the credit that I that I get these days. More than happy. Um, Yeah, there's always going to be some people that are going to be naysayers and oh he didn't do this or you know whatever and not going to want to uh, acknowledge certain things that I that I may. You know that I may have been responsible for, but whatever, big deal. Uh, as far as the match with Rock, I just remember, uh, uh, as always, we we really had good chemistry, Wade. Excellent chemistry from the very first time I worked with him, um, and yeah, that was. Um, one of those matches that we barely even had to talk.
8: Hmm.
7: We barely even had to talk. The only thing we we got down was, uh, you know, that we really, really had etched in stone was the fi- was the finish where Sean turned on me. I was the guy. I was the go-to guy to turn on to get you know, like every like everybody, all my friends turned on me <laughs> until I turned on Kane. Yeah. Well, I turned on Razor too, but. Um, Uh, you know that Sean hit me so hard with that chair that the chair bent over my head and I was out like a light Um, and uh, uh, the people actually were so with the false finish they thought I was actually had a chance on winning and that's because of how they used me around there Yeah, you know I didn't win every match but I won enough uh, big ones you know that they knew I could pull one out at any time. And, you know, I, I remember I kicked out of the people's elbow. Uh, and um, what else about it? Damn. I don't know. It was just a real fun match. Oh, I know what I was going to say. When they, when, in the new video game, well, maybe not this, the one right before it. Yeah. Um, You know, it was going through the Attitude Era, and when I wrestled rock, and when Sean turned on me, he switched it from a chair shot to the head, to him giving me sweet chin music. Hmm. So, you know, it was the whole no chair shot. Yeah. Even on the the video game. Oh, wow. Yep. I mean, really, that was one of the, the... you go back and look at that. That was one of the harder chair shots you'll ever see. <laughs>
6: yeah, I I'm, I don't miss those. I'm glad they're me
7: neither, bro. Yeah, and I was like the first one to take them. Yeah. and I was like, Mister,
8: hit me, bring it, brother,
7: bring it. You know, yeah. and now I'm paying for it.
8: I know.
6: I I I. I you know, you what's done is done to it a, to a point. It's not like there's anything that can be done about it. But there's so many guys, I'm sure, uh, from that it generation.
7: It really me, Wade, because. Deep, you know, um I uh, just I forget it a lot and and I might repeat uh, repeat myself a lot, like you know, like Scott does you know. And so uh but at the same time I still present pretty well I think.
8: Yeah. Yeah. No, oh so. you
6: definitely do. I think you're harder on yourself. But you know, you know, I mean you're aware enough to know where, and a part of it too is every, I think when you've taken chair shots to the head and then you start to forget things as people who enter their 40s start to forget things that they took for granted in their 20s, it doesn't happen to everybody, but it happens to a lot of people, you might over-prescribe it to chair shots to the head. And I'm not diminishing that that isn't something you should be concerned about, all the concussions you took and all that, but sometimes, you know, it's it's like somebody walks in a store and they're, and the person behind the desk is rude to them. If they're, they would go, oh, that's because I'm a woman, or I'm fat, or I'm this, or I'm that, or I'm that. Sometimes it's just because somebody was in a bad mood. Yeah. Or, or someone's a jerk. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. who we are. But that said, I'm not, I, again, I'm hardly one to diminish the effects of it, and I hope that, you know, that it's it doesn't turn into a, you know, a progressively worse thing for that generation of wrestlers who were doing things that...
7: If it, You know, me, I, if it does, it does. I mean, that, that's, you know, we, we didn't... You know, we—I knew what I signed up for.
8: You know, who so would agree? Um,
6: but you know what? I I still don't like when when you when you say, "Hey, this is WWE, and here's a million dollars, and here's TV fame, and everyone else is doing it, and so you should do it too." I think the the point of a promoter is to be the adult in the room and to say, "Hey, wait a second. You know, maybe this isn't the best idea, even though everybody's doing it and everyone's willing to do it, because everyone's willing to do it because it's kind of a team sport in the sense of nobody wants to be the one to say, I don't want to sacrifice for the team. But I just think there should have been grown no, up. We
7: you know, wanted it. We wanted to do it, Wade. I know, but I, did, but
6: I was writing in the torch, this should not be being done. There's long-term ramifications. And I don't think I had any particular special insight that Vince McMahon did not have, or Jim Ross did not have. I think they should have stepped up and said, I know you guys want to do it, and I know you guys know you you haven't signed up for ballet, but we can tell the stories we want to tell, which is happening right now, too, by the way, without stiff chair shots of the head, so we're going to stop doing it. I think that should have been done back then. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't wasn't in the... Fair
7: fair enough, but I mean... Well, we what, what can we do? now? There's nothing we can do about it now. I well, mean, can, not, we can't go. No. We can't go back in time and smack them on the wrist and go. Well, hey,
6: I would, I would argue boy. that
7: Sean. I mean, they're they're doing a pretty good job uh, these days uh, when it comes to that. Well, right, and that's, that's my
6: point. That's my point. Is I think the reason they're doing a good job of it now is because they're willing to learn a lesson from the past, and that's where I would say sure. that it, it's worth visiting and saying, wait, someone should have said something then, the same way somebody should say something now, perhaps, about, hey, what are the royalties on this network? You know, it's not a physical harm thing, but I just, I'm just, i an advocate for wrestlers feeling like they have a voice and promoters actually looking out for the wrestlers and not just Wall Street. And right now, I think, yeah, I think the, pattern if promote, the pattern is there with promoters to look out for their profits over the health, well-being, and fairness of wrestlers. And the chair shots to the head is an example of people who weren't in the moment like you say, we all knew what we were doing and we're willing to do it. That's fine, but I just think a promoter should have said no. Same way today, you can make multiple points, but one of them is somebody should stand up and ask, hey, how is this going to work with pay-per-view payoffs? And how is this going to work for royalties? And it doesn't seem like there's actually a place to do that, or, and management's not communicating to wrestlers what the deal is anymore now that the circumstances have changed.
7: Uh, somebody's going to have to be the one to step up and, and ask.
6: Yeah, yeah.
7: You All know, right. I, I, what's that?
6: Oh, go ahead. I, I, did, I didn't mean to jump in.
7: No, I, I, I mean, that's a totally, totally a fair question.
6: Yeah.
7: Totally. Um, I'm not sure how they would go about doing that.
6: Yeah. You
7: yeah. Know, I'm, I can, and, 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 uh, I'm, I'm just that, uh, people are seeing, um, my body at work. Yeah. That, that have yeah. never been exposed to it before, but um, you know, I do want my you know my share, yeah. you know, just like everybody else does. Uh, but let's see what happens, and, and and you know, I mean, they are a publicly traded company. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, um, you know, purposely try to you know, try to screw anybody like you know. It, like if you call there and they owe you money, like they're gonna give you the money they owe you. Yeah. Like All right. It's, well, no, that's it's good
6: to like know. I mean, you have to
7: ask. Like, yeah. if you don't ask, if you don't ask in, in our business, like nobody's just gonna come hand you something. Like you gotta ask. Yeah. And that's kind of fair. I mean, I know it's 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 scary to do that, but like it, being an adult sometimes is scary. <laughs>
8: yeah. You know what? Yeah. yeah.
7: Better put the big boy pants on and go and ask.
6: You have not been on the show since WrestleMania and the end of Undertaker's streak. Um, what's your What's your Sean Michaels was on Steve Austin's podcast to plug Steve Austin's podcast again here, and said that um, the call was made that afternoon. The final call, at least, was made that afternoon. Uh, is that your understanding also? And and what do you What do you think of the decision making process and the rationale for the streak ending and, and Lesnar being the one to to end it?
7: Um. I don't know enough of the details. Uh, I don't know what Sean, what all Sean said on Steve's podcast either. I know we had a private discussion about it. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't know if if, if, if I'm at liberty to, to, to give Sean's uh, private thoughts on,
8: on it.
6: Well, I, all Sean um, said was he was there and that the call was made, I don't know what he said, four hours before the match. And I don't think he went into a lot more detail than that. So if you don't feel like liberty didn't to say more... give his opinion
7: on it or how he felt oh, about he just, it or anything? The,
6: the, the, I'll tell you what the interpretation was of Shawn Michaels' tone from most people.
8: Uh-huh. Inter,
6: the interpretation most people had from Shawn Michaels' tone is that Vince McMahon made the call, and it's ultimately up to him, and a lot of people disagreed with it.
7: Right. I did, too. Yeah, I did too, but more, like I can I can see where Vince is coming from, like in hindsight.
8: Yeah.
7: Um.
6: <laughs> you you said publicly on Twitter, Sean, you were upset about it, and then you learned something, and then you were yeah, okay yeah, with
7: Mark, it. Mark, got, yeah, Mark got banged up uh, pretty good on that, you know. You what? Mark got banged up in that in that match. Period. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I you know there was a. a it wasn't like there wasn't a casualty-free match by any means.
8: Yeah,
7: but that so,
6: did affect the finish. That just affected. I get, the...
7: no. I I I and I wasn't like when I made some of the comments. I me, that's why sometimes I need to just sit back and, and keep my mouth sh- <laughs> shut and, and my hands off of uh, off of a keyboard.
8: Yeah.
7: Um, instead of just you know, uh, blurting out my inner thoughts. Yeah. So I was really apologizing more for for blurting out my inner thoughts on something like that I didn't know enough about, like, and uh, and you know I understand where Vince is coming from. I I personally would have liked to seen it on somebody else or seen it done for somebody else that you know that uh, that was gonna you know to help make somebody else.
6: Can that transfer to Roman Reigns? Say if if Reigns yeah. wins the rumble and Lesnar wins the yes. title and they meet at Mania.
7: Yes, year? yes, uh, yeah. And I still think if they can get Sting, I still think that uh, even though there's no no more streak. Uh, see, that's the whole problem with that streak. It's just like the undefeated thing. This when you like with Goldberg and, and Native American Tatanka and all that. Like when they concentrated on the undefeated streak, then when you lose, it kind of takes a you know, a little steam out of there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but... uh,
6: But it also um, adds intrigue to a Sting-Taker match, if that were to happen at Mania 31. Sure, which
7: is I would like to maybe, see that.
6: Which is maybe Sting will win. You know, and, and you, if they can tell that story effectively, but if the streak is on the line, I don't think anyone thought Sting would win. But if now that the streak's over, if Sting faces Taker, the near falls that Sting scores yes. will actually get a pop.
7: Yes, you're, yeah, I agree. And I think that both, I think... Um I I think Steve uh should have a little I, I honestly think this. Um I don't know if Steve's talked about it much and when I say Steve I mean Sting. Um I always had the perception that he didn't think he could run with us up up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he probably couldn't full time. <laughs> right. And he was he was You know, he was good. He was pretty good at one time.
8: Mm
7: -hmm. You know, like looking back, a lot better than I gave him credit for. But like in the NWO times, some man, it was deer in the headlights sometimes. Oh, yeah,
6: I know. Sting Sting Flair, Sting Vader, probably his top two opponents that he had good matches with. But I mean,
7: yeah but you know how that goes with flair flair yeah. uh, carried everybody through. he just didn't tell them what he told him what to do he didn't just he just didn't tell them why yeah so they couldn't they couldn't go and use that you know to grow. with somebody else yeah they needed flair pretty smart
6: yeah but but as you're saying so you Sting is like you think there's he might doubt himself and especially at you know in his mid fifties, my God,
7: well, I mean. Either that or he really just doesn't, you know, care about, uh, you know, about having ever worked for the WWF. Yeah. And I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that.
6: He, he, was a, he always got a cush deal to not have to work that hard. And by right. that hard, it sounds, you know, he'd be like, hey, I worked hard. But I mean, relative to the other people at his pay scale, he ne- he never had to work at anywhere close to the average level that people at his pay scale had to work because he was the the alternative to WWE that TNA more recently and obviously WCW before that was willing to keep around at big money for a part-time light schedule. And he never had to actually draw money. He was just right. the the top paid guy.
7: Yep. And um, and uh, there was a lot of resentment in the locker room because of that. And that's the truth. Yeah.
8: That's
7: the truth because a lot of us were we're we're working real, old, you know. Yeah. I remember being gone 25 days a month at one uh, one month in WCW. You know, I, damn it. That it was hard. It was actually hard there at times.
6: What well, do you think? Do you think or know and speak to whatever comfort level you have? How Mark Calloway feels about the way the streak ended and to whom it ended?
7: No. No, I don't have any idea what his feelings are on it. Yeah. Um I just respect whatever his feelings are. He, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's it's his decision. I, I had he,
6: heard you know, that. He, I had heard sorry, that his training ahead. and his prep for the match didn't go well, and that he had communicated that to Vince. And I, I, I made the argument that one of the reasons that I and I wrote this in the newsletter, the Torch newsletter, right after WrestleMania when I was kind of processing, as a lot of people were, something that was very important to a lot of people, and and, and a very, very big annual tradition in wrestling in the past five, six, seven, eight years as it grew into this legendary stature that it had, that it had with Michael's interpretation yeah. and, uh, and CM Punk and on and on. Um, I, I was at peace with the finish, even though I had argued forever he should retire undefeated. I was at peace with it because I felt like by losing... One, it, it, Roman Reigns was a perfect guy not to be taker because I think people would hold that against Reigns. I think they'd say yes. you ruined it for us. But Lesnar could win, and under, there's no shame in losing to Brock Lesnar, former UFC heavyweight champion, complete badass. He paid his dues in unconventional ways, but Lesnar absolutely paid his dues, just like Kurt Angle did, Olympic gold medalist.
7: He damn right he did,
6: absolutely. He and damn I don't...
7: right he did, Wade. Yep. And you know what? You know what word I'm so sick of that is used so derog- in such a derogative uh tone. Oh, these part timers, part timers.
8: Yep.
7: If you could tr- if you could do it on your own, they wouldn't have to bring the part timers back. I Knuckleheads. I know. And and you Put know what though I'm and moaning and I, step up your game.
6: I totally agree, but I think WWE played that PR game with Rock. And I think people, I think WWE put the propaganda out there as part of their John Cena storyline, which I disagree with vehemently and have on this show over and over again. They convinced not only the fans, but their locker room of young, impressionable wrestlers that Rock was, a, was stealing their spot. And even CM Punk, Phil Brooks, bought into that somewhat.
7: That's, um, that's silly. That's
6: it it silly. was. And I, I talked to people in WWE who talked to Phil about that, and they were just like, I can't believe a guy's so smart. Is being so dumb when it comes to this issue. And granted, part of that is just Phil being so competitive and wanting a main event. And he knew his yeah. time was limited.
7: Maybe maybe he was shoot. Maybe he's trying to shoot an angle. Shoot his own angle. Yeah,
8: yeah. You
7: know, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I I I have nothing but the utmost respect for Phil, and I have the I res I respect his decision to walk away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I think it's I, I scratch my head over it. Like. You're you're only there's only you know we're any WrestleMania you can be at you know near, near or at the top of like I think it's crazy not to, not to do it like you're, if you're going to be a wrestler.
6: Yeah, I just I don't know enough about his state of mind in January and and I mean he he's a guy who wanted to take time off two years before that or a year whatever a year and a half before that and. And he got hot, you know. He did that promo, and he got hot, and he stuck around, and he he took a little bit of time off last year around this time. But I I just don't know enough about him to judge him. I just admire someone. I admire someone who walked away from money out of out of peace, health, peace of mind, and just wanting to say, you know what, money's not the be-all, end-all. And for him, it wasn't. It seems like it wasn't fun anymore. And he actually did what very few people did. He walked away. I didn't like him being lectured about leaving money on the table from people who in their wake left broken marriages and children they didn't raise. I, I didn't like him being lectured about...
7: Wow, he, man, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And,
8: and, and you and I, could... Yeah. You
7: know what? You could you could put me in that category too a little bit, uh Yeah. And
8: that's, that's where because I... I, yeah. I
7: but, but, but see, I also like See, I also have a ton of respect for for his decision.
8: I just it's it's, yeah. it's just
7: hard to understand it.
8: Yeah, you know, I get Yeah, but it's not
7: for me to understand.
6: I love the fact that he hasn't said a word. I mean, I, I think that. Well, it's he, none of our goddamn business. Well, right, but well, okay, I'll disagree a little, only a little bit. And I mean, and I, that's important. that I'm saying only a little bit. He's a public figure who made money based on marketing a persona. And Mark, part of that marketing of the persona was, I'm one of you. I'm frustrated with management. I'm CM Punk. I'm a rebel, and I speak my mind. I'm a pipe bomb thrower. And then he walked away and left everybody behind. And all his fans were like, why won't he talk? Why won't he talk? And my response to them is, he's not that into you. And all that stuff you watched last year and a half was a work, and you bought it. He played you like a Mark. He wasn't one of you. I
7: don't think he he played anybody. I don't think he sucked up to the people. Well no but but I don't the think thing he is, he changes gimmick. I don't, think, no, I, no. I, I don't think he I don't think he claimed to give two shits about the people.
6: Well, but the people bought into the CM Punk character that's as it, being that's... Uh, as be, but let, let me let me wrap up let, Sorry. let me finish this point because I, I think you're disagreeing with something that I'm probably not in the end going to say because what I'm my, my argument is don't be mad at CM Punk because you bought into the, the ride that he took you on when he said, I'm anti-management and I'm a rebel and all that, what you should do is admire the hell out of the fact that when yes. he quit, he didn't go groveling to you for approval. He didn't go yes. groveling to justify himself. You should Thank like you. him more because everything he did on TV was a work. But I don't think that he didn't agree with a lot of what he said. But when you start making money with a character – the truth becomes secondary to what will draw. And my argument is, CM Punk built his character around uh, around a guy who speaks truth to power. And what I love is mm-hmm. he quit and he said, I don't need to explain myself to anybody. And that and actually doesn't. built the legend of Punk.
7: And he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. Oh, so he, he people bought. People paid money to watch him perform. They bought his merchandise, or they they bought his T-shirts that they could wear you know, that they got use out of. And even Steven, nobody owes anybody anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's no, there, there, a fair, that's an even shade.
6: But I would say where I disagree just a little bit is I do, I, I tell people they should be, they should admire punk for not saying anything, but I do understand why many of them do feel betrayed because
7: i understand they, too but too so, bad. sorry
6: <laughs> i know and that's what it does come down to is it's it, yes i get because they felt like he marked that he marketed himself to them that he owes them an explanation my counter to that is he is being more true to himself by not going on the yeah. the, the podcast circuit and the shoot tape circuit and the and all that and and walking away the way that he did. I think that legitimizes what I think was a large largely a work. Yep. His character. It legitimizes it in a way that him going on the hey, I want to tell everyone my side of the story doesn't. But the thing is, Sean, we don't know. Maybe he walked maybe he and Vince sat down and Punk said, I'm taking two years off, no one's going to talk about it. I'm not, you're not and in two years I want to headline WrestleMania and I'll come back and Vince said, That sounds like a great plan, Phil. You take your two years off, do what you need and uh, WrestleMania 33 is waiting for you. I mean, whatever it is, there could be something really huge that that is planned, and that's why he's not talking.
7: Yep, that I mean, that's true. That's all. I mean, that's that's. But that's all I'm speculating. They're going to have to keep on speculating until yeah, he we- actually says something. But come on, people, like, don't you have other things going on in your life?
6: Well, yeah, although I, to be fair, people get the money's made when people care deeply about wrestlers
8: and they feel invested
6: that. in their career. And so, you know, if, if you want to make the money at the box office, you've got to live with them feeling like it's their business to know why you walked away with zero notice. And that's where I'd say people have some right to expect something other than, you know, if you're in a marriage with somebody and one day they pack their bags and leave and don't leave a note, you're going to go, well, at least leave a note. You know, at least tell me why you left me. You don't have me.
7: the right to expect that.
6: Well, okay, <laughs> but you okay. Yeah, it's you understand. Know, I put it
8: this they way: They don't have it's the right.
7: They it's can a... expect it all they want, but they don't have the right to. It's Fair just enough. like yeah. we don't have. It's just like uh, we don't have the right to not be offended. Correct. Yeah. Like when yes. it comes to like free speech and all that. It's. I like, um, you know, put it I mean, this way: it's you have to be accountable for your speech. Yeah. You know, if you say something that's you know way out there, like, but you're still free to say it, or and you're absolutely. free not to say anything.
6: So it's, yeah, you're, you're parsing words accurately in the sense that they don't have a right, but it's understandable why punk fans who were so invested and believed in him want, would like some sense of understanding of why I walked away. My argument in return is I understand you wanting that, I get it, and but punk is an individual, and he is do he is not talking. Has a sense of purpose, and you might need to wait to find out why. Yeah. And that might be ten he, years from now. He never speaks, and that's how he wanted to. And when to he
8: comes like
7: back, it. and when he comes back, he'll bust his ass as hard as he can again for you people.
6: Yep, yep. I, I think it's fascinating. A guy at the, at at that big at, at that big of a star walked away and hasn't talked. I just don't know. I mean, Barry Sanders with the Detroit Lions, maybe to a degree, did that. Um, I, I just. Uh, I always say Barry Sanders. It's uh oh yeah, it was Barry Sanders. I uh yeah. Neon Sanders, I said wrong ones. Barry Sanders walked away at you know, at really the pinnacle of his career and didn't really talk or explain himself much. Um so yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated, but I, I admire him more for the way he has done this, even though I also I understand why some people feel a little hurt. But you know, I nothing and I anymore. and
7: I do too that too. And I think we kind of pretty much agree. I just was a little harsher in the way I uh, articulated it. <laughs> yeah,
6: I, I agree. I agree.
7: It's just because it irritates me sometimes. Like p- Some people are more concerned about their entertainment than they are uh, for the uh, safety or well-being, uh, well-being of the performers. Yeah. It's just like this six-sided ring debate crap.
6: Oh God. I know.
7: It's a bunch of crap.
6: <laughs> it's funny. People are upset, and I get why, about TNA like even Austin Aries spoke about it. A lot of people like why?
7: It, you try standing on the top rope, on one of those pieces of shit.
6: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Go. I mean, it's it's you're saying the ring itself. If the wrestlers voted, it'd be unanimous for a four sided ring. I
7: Bubble. think so.
6: Yeah. And and why? I think
7: so. Why? Just look at well, because anybody that goes to the top, number one, uh, the ring, the the ropes are like at a hundred 120-degree angle instead of a 90-degree angle. So that means you, you're, you like, it's crazy. It's crazy standing up there. Like, like I didn't understand in that verse. Why, like, I felt like I was going to fall when I got up there. And then I realized how crazy the angle was of the ropes. And, like, doing a high spot, that doesn't bother me. Because I don't, I don't need even ropes to have a match. In Costa Rica, we had a hell of a match. The rope. We didn't even use the ropes because they wrote. Yeah. But uh, um, you know, I mean, it's basically that. And um, when you have a tag match, you can't even be on the opposite back corners from each other. It'll mm-hmm. look stupid on TV.
8: Mm-hmm.
6: No, I I agree. I, what what upsets me about the whole thing is. Uh, on the list of things TNA should be worried about. Right. That just shouldn't be occupying anyone's time to create that poll. Like there's just too many other things that, 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 I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's lipstick on a pig, as they say.
7: No kidding. That's what I said. I said four or six. How about good or bad wrestling show? Yes.
6: Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. We talked about Roman Reigns and you know, he's got a lot to prove, but he's a, a good bet. But uh Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, what do you think of them? I know you saw them in developmental and uh how, how do you think they're coming along and what's their upside?
8: Um,
7: I mean what, you know, it's always it's always tough when you break up a hot act. Yeah. You know, look what happened with with, with DX, you know. I mean, luckily I broke when Hunter turned on me, um I, I if they, they they threw me with uh, they threw me the mom with Kane, uh, where, where we had it, I was really extremely happy with my run with Kane
8: yeah. as,
7: as as a tag team, and that it worked out fantastically, and I love him; he's my favorite partner. Um, uh, but th- those guys, uh, I think they'll both do just fine on their own because they both have. Uh, Ambrose has a really unique. Uh, interview promo style. Yep. Where he talks. Um and uh and and Seth doesn't suck on the mic either. And I, I I think the more you the more you get given the mic, the the better you get. You know, yeah. it's just like exercising or you know, practicing right. things. Yeah. And uh um hopefully they have the right people on their side and, you know, the writing meetings and uh, they get the opportunities because they'll both be just fine if they, get, if they get given the opportunity, you know, if they don't just get lost in the shuffle. Well, I pray to God it doesn't happen because they're both way too good.
6: You were really high. Um, well, you're, uh, of the three, let me ask this, of the three, who who do you think has the best chance to be a successful centerpiece star five years from now?
7: I already said Roman Reigns like from well, the time they got together, and I still go yeah. um, with well, why, th- why th- why th- th- that. But I could be so wrong, I, I could be totally wrong.
6: Yeah, and, and I get, that's what I... like. Is it a case with Michaels and Jannetty where you just kind of know, yeah, just one guy's going to be there? You know, just it's, just it's hard to say why other than the it factor. It's,
7: you know who it's going to be? It's going to be the one that wants it the most and is willing to go to greater lengths to get it. And that means, whether that means stepping on somebody's toes on the way up uh, or whatever. Yeah. So what, what advice, that's what it takes to, to really make that top, top spot. There's other reasons besides like me being, you know, a, a discipline bomber or whatever that I didn't go, Higher than I did. And, and, uh, um, now, oh,
1: hell, I lost my
7: brain fart, brain fart a lot. What,
6: what, did, what did you, if you remember your thought, jump back in with it, but what, what did you see in Roman Reigns early on? That, that, oh, that I know what up. I was
7: going to say. I wasn't yeah. willing to go to, I wasn't like, like, I wasn't willing to go in and, and, and bury somebody behind their back, or I wasn't willing to do a lot of things. I wasn't ruthless as like as they could have been, yeah, you know, yeah, I was a rip, re- I was a rebel, I wasn't afraid, you know, I stuck up for myself, but there are certain things that I just wouldn't do, like you know, uh, I wouldn't go there uh, to, and to I'm not what? gonna go into detail on what those things are either, sorry, the, what the <laughs> things are that you that you have to do that i wouldn't that I wasn't willing to do, and there uh, and you know, and there wasn't anything like. I didn't even mean to make anybody go like use their imagination because I just mean, you know, just being ruthless. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I guess I. I
6: well, what, what things know? does Vince McMahon admire and look for that some that some just decent people might think would be the le- most unprofessional thing you could possibly do to get to the top? What are things that Vince McMahon looks at and goes, "Oh, man, that guy wants it." I, I this this is. I like
8: this guy. Well,
7: number, I mean, obviously, being in shape is a huge part of it, but it's weird with Vince because it can be any qu- quirky thing. Like, um, wow, that's a hell of a question. Wait, can you have to ask Vince that question. I mean, as as well as I know, like, and and that, and as well as a lot of people might know, Vince. Like, honestly, I think. You know, besides the big having the great physique, like uh, he respects somebody that has a set of balls on him.
8: Mm-hmm. You know,
6: that, that's what um, I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. How does a re- are there examples? You don't know, have to name a name, or you can if you want. You don't have to. Don't, where some there's examples of guys who showed Vince that that as Ruth, Vince called it ten years ago, ruthless aggression behind the scenes. What does Vince mean when he uses that abstract term? where some people succeeded by taking concrete action to show ruthless aggression behind the scenes. What Are there examples you can recall of people being <laughs> ruthless, having ruthless aggression? Mm-hmm. What did Shawn Michaels do? What did Steve Austin do? What did Triple H do before? They
7: got over that. That's, they got over that Yeah. Yeah. And Shawn was really... Got away with talking events like nobody I've ever seen. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. You know I don't yep. know. Yeah. There's some answers. There's some questions that I can't. I just I'm not gonna just make up an answer just to seem to sound like I know the answer to it. You know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, wait, I don't know. I I can't put a finger on on exactly those those things. I mean, I know it in my like head, but I can't. I mean, sometimes it's hard to just spit that out, you know. Yeah.
6: What What did you see in Roman Reigns early on?
7: Just how does his natural uh, aura about him? Yeah. Just not. I mean, he's very. He's a pretty quiet guy, actually. You know. Yeah. And uh, um his, his look, and uh, the fact that he is is athletically gifted, and and that he's Samoan. I never met a Simone that couldn't couldn't go out there and work. And and, and part of it is like the
6: he's the guy. So many people said this, but Scott Hall has a lot, which is you got to be a guy who girls want to date and guys want to have a beer with. And, yeah. and Roman hits that criteria in a way that John Cena does
7: not. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He might. He. He might actually cross be a little too much with the girls. But, yeah, he's still the guy I still think he's a badass.
6: Yep. Yep. I think yeah. there's some. Uh, he doesn't have, uh, from what I've seen, and I think everybody would back this up, he's not Kevin Nash in terms of you put him on Jim Ross's radio show in 1994, and he's just going to tear down the house. That's not Roman Reigns, but from what you've seen, he's a quiet guy. But does he have a good promo in him? Because I think he has some of Kevin Nash's qualities. He's not as tall, but he's not. He There's that kind of. Walk in a room, you own the room, and there's a cool
7: cool it's called back holding back. the court, Wade.
6: Yeah. So so Reigns though doesn't have to be Kurt exactly.
7: Henning was good with that.
6: Yeah. And 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 I've seen Kurt Henning at you know, we used to do the, the sports bar interviews for the AWA. They'd go to Champs Champs in Ridgefield yep. and Bern Guy and Greg would be there. They'd promote the shows and yeah, you knew where Kurt was. The the room re- revolved around him even when, you know, he wouldn't give me the time of day when I tried to talk to him. The room revolved
8: around. Right. him. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
6: and and you know he gave that aura. Did, does Roman Reigns have that in a way that others do, where and that where he's aware of it too, and he can turn that into something on camera that works?
7: Uh, I don't think he was necessarily. I think I'm not, honestly, I think I might have been the first one to make him aware that they were that he was a kind of a blue chipper. Yeah. You know, he didn't really think. I think he didn't really think. I think he was wondering when the hell they were going to do something with
8: him. <laughs> yeah,
7: You know, I think he might've been getting a little discouraged there, a little, you know, frustrated. Yeah. And I just told him, Hey, don't worry. Would you, would me, you they're gonna, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be a big star, man.
8: Just don't get, just, you know, don't screw up.
1: <laughs> I, 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 would you
6: worry the, where do you worry the most about him in terms of what category you have to, what check, bo- check mark what box you have to check to be a top star promos, uh, ruthless aggression behind the scenes, managing his career well, in-ring performance, uh, durability. Like, what, what box on the sheet that top stars have to check are you most concerned or has he not proven himself at least to?
7: Uh, he needs – you... well, he hasn't had a chance to
6: yet. Well, all together. But where, where are you most concerned? I don't. It doesn't mean you you are you you think he's going to fail. But where have you seen the least evidence or proof that he's going to check that box?
7: Is, I, I I his connection with the damn my phone keeps going off and I know it's Scott.
8: Oh,
7: Scott's been killed. He's been blowing my phone up like for the oh. past half, like half an hour as I've been on, on this.
6: We'll go. Um, we can do a wrap up and you can take it.
7: Yeah, where would um, his connection with the people?
6: Yeah. Yep. In the ring. Yeah. We got, in to, the we, ring. we got to see if that clicks when the, when the red light is on, so to speak. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Exactly. Well, Sean, you, I don't want to over, overstay. Uh, I don't want to yeah, overstay the call. Time it's here.
7: time to take it home.
6: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> time to ride off into the sunset, as Steve Austin says. Time to take it home. Yeah. Sean, thanks yeah. for your time. This is great. I, time flies when we're on doing this, and I could talk forever with you. Um,
7: yeah, man. Yeah, it's so. fun, always. Absolutely. I appreciate it.
6: Uh, go uh, have a good, good show and a good weekend and a good time, and, and uh, we'll try to have you back on soon.
7: Thanks, Wade. Uh, just you know, as always, man, I enjoy talking shop with you.
6: Excellent. Thank you so much. Really.
7: Hope to see you soon, buddy.
6: Absolutely. Yep. As always.
8: Bye.
7: Cool.
6: All right. Thanks uh, to the VIP members for joining us here on the VIP After Show. We got a lot more, lot more time with Sean today than I anticipated, given that he's got stuff going on tonight and this weekend. So, uh, yeah, um, good stuff. Appreciate your feedback, and we uh, hope to have them on again sometime. So thanks for your support of VIP, and until next time, Wade Keller, signing off. Don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And, of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports.
1: Are you disenfranchised with
6: Raw and SmackDown Live every single week? Of course you are. You're not alone. Those shows are chasing
4: away viewers in droves. Some might even say the shows are as bad as they've ever been, which is why this is a great time to get hooked on the Monster Sounds Off podcast. Why? Because I watch Raw and SmackDown every week, so you don't have to. But I also get to watch a lot of great wrestling from NXT and various other promotions. AEW, this is a fun time with AEW coming soon to TNT.
6: It's never been a more fun time still to be a wrestling fan. Lots of great stuff out there to cover.
4: I also take mailbag questions from my audience listeners. We talk about classic wrestling content as well. Each and every Sunday, the podcast drops on iTunes. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all major podcast platforms. That's Salamonster Sounds Off
8: each and every Sunday on thesalamonster.com.